What up, what up, what up, man? The Coach JB Show with my main man, Darnell Smith, a.k.a. Big Smitty. I'm going to bring some light to the darkness, man. I'm going to light it up in this mug, man. So I'm, I'm ready. It's going to be fire and ice. Uh, even though you got you bring that heat as well, you might be that ice that cool me down a little bit. Played at Ball State. You've been at Fox Sports with great people around you. You've had Lil Wayne on your show. I respect I respect the hell out of you to see that you're doing what you're doing and still doing what you're doing for real the way you do it, man. You said from day one, you had the same enthusiasm. You keep the same enthusiasm and it's fucking contagious. We're about to give him this, uh, this fire and ice. The Coach JB Show with Big Smitty. What up, what up, what up, man? The Real Coach JB here for the Coach JB Show with Big Smitty. We got a proud new sponsor of the Coach JB Show with Big Smitty, and that is Blue Chew. BlueChew.com is a proud new sponsor of this episode, and this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. Summer is around the corner. Do you want to bring the heat in the bedroom? Now you can. Increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. Bluetooth.com is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead and be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at Bluetooth.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, you ask? It's all online. Done online. So there's no visits to the doctor office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at a pharmacy. Bluetooth tablets are made right here in the U.S. of A. and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a very discreet package. Does it work, you ask? Don't think you need it, you say. Try it for free for a month and see. You're going to love it. The women will love it. You could be missing out on the best sex of your life. With Blue Chew, men everywhere are excited to see the postman. Because when your package has arrived, <laughs> your package has arrived. They always say first impressions are important. What about lasting ones? They say there's nothing sexier than confidence. And Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Blue Chew wants to help you have sex better than ever. Discover your options at Bluetooth.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners today. Everybody watching the show, try Bluetooth free when you use our promo code JBSHOW at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's Bluetooth.com, promo code JBSHOW to receive your first month free. Visit Bluetooth.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Bluetooth for sponsoring the new Coach JB Show with Big Smitty and this podcast. Appreciate you. Peace. What up, what up, what up, man? The real Coach JB going ready to go live. I got some breaking news with for you real quick uh, right here on live on the Coach JB Show with my main man, Big Smitty. Ah, uh, what's going on? 
Next Smitty, I'm about to get a phone call that I cannot be on live, but it's some inside information on uh, the topic of the day of the show, mm. which is uh, Coach Fitzgerald and what's happening here. This is a fellow friend of mine, Division One current coach. Um, so if he calls me right now. Um, nah, do your thing. You, you, yeah, you, yeah, I, I yeah, can talk yeah. to the chat because that's exclusive or information. Or I get. Nah, for sure, man, for sure. Good morning, chat. Good morning, man. Appreciate y'all for what jumping up, what in. What up, man? Uh, we got a lot going on. We got a lot going on. Woo, I got some getting text messages like crazy about this thing. Uh, uh -oh. We got a lot going on, man. There's a lot to be said here. Matt McChesney was going to hop in this morning with us. Uh, he may hop in right out the gate. He has some insight as well. He's got a, form, a couple players there. I do as well. I spoke over the last several hours speaking with players and a couple of buddies of mine who coached there. I've known Coach Fitzgerald for a long time, Big Smitty. Um, I don't know if there's a more, you know, I don't trust anybody. You know me. Uh, I don't know if there's a guy that's been more, like, genuine as far as uh, his true, like, demeanor and, and character, like, on and off of field. Like, this guy's been at, at Northwestern for his entire life 17 yep. as a head coach he played there uh it seems kind of ironic that all this just now kind of has happened in a in a generation that you know i love to call soft and 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 that i um and i love to to do all these to say all these things and it's just it's wild. Uh, it's wild. I'm, getting, I'm getting blown up by I, I gotta take it, uh, Smitty. You got it. Do your thing. Do your thing, man. No problem at all. Hey, man, it's, it's gonna be as you guys can see. This is about to be uh, an amazing show. I, I couldn't wait to, to hop in today. Obviously, the, with the, the uh, Coach Fitzgerald news being the number one topic, we, we might dive to that a couple times today. We got some special guests hopping on as well. And uh, right now, JB is getting some exclusive inside information that he's gonna bring to the show as soon as he. Hops off here, man. But chat, man, talk to me, man. I love talking to the chat early in the morning. Good morning. How y'all doing? We got my man, Alan Lopez. Good morning. Much love from Nebraska. I got to go out to Nebraska, man. Can you, can you set something up, Alan, so we can do a, a Coach JB show with Big Smitty live in Nebraska? Call one of your local restaurants, see if they can, they can take care of the sponsor, and we're going to do it. Ryan, listen, you know I don't like quarterbacks. We talked about this yesterday. I don't like quarterbacks, but if I got to step up to the play and play quarterback, then I do what I got to do, man. So uh, make sure y'all are hitting that like button. We got almost 300 followers and listeners, excuse me, already. It's not even 10 minutes. So I appreciate that, man, and uh, love love seeing seeing you guys jump in and, and do your thing. Somebody, uh, Smitty, what's your top five defensive tackles in the league right now? No more quarterback talk. Nathan Needs coming in with the sniper. Well, listen, man, that's a tough question. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little biased. I know he's getting a little older, but I still got Aaron Donald at that top spot. I mean, I think I think he's when he's healthy, he's the best tackle in the league. Uh, number two, I would go Chris Jones from the Chiefs. Chris Jones from the Chiefs is, 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 a, is a hell of a player. Um, I'm a little biased right here on this third one, and I'm admitting my bias, but as a Colts fan, I love – my guy, D-Buck, D-Force Buckner, man, his size, his length, athleticism, his smarts. I'm not saying he is the third best. I'm just saying when you ask me who, 
who's my favorite, I got to put my guy D-Buck on there, as well as the next tackle, uh, my guy Grover, Grover Stewart. He's a, a underrated defensive tackle on that inside as well for the coach. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, y'all. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Um, Miles Garrett isn't a deep tackle, though. Uh, I see Goon Production said Miles Garrett. He's a DN. He's a DN. Uh, Grady Jarrett is also – I mean, that's a great answer. Again, I'm admitting that I am biased. As a coach fan, as you all know, I got to throw my coats in there. I'm not saying they're literally the best. These are the guys that I like to watch that I'm a fan of, of course. So, James Jennings, of course, my guy. Appreciate you for supporting the show every single day. And, guys, if you're just not jumping in, we got a, a, a star-studded, amazing show. Special guests coming on that I think you guys are, are, are going to be very excited about, get, get some real insight about some, some stuff outside of sports. We're obviously going to dive into your Northwestern firing Pat Fitzgerald, who was a coach that I actually got a chance to we played against uh, when I was at Ball State. So, JB, you back, man. Talk to me. How you doing? Eric the Ritz. Fucker. Um, all right. Uh, so now I'm not going to tell you the name, but the guy that just called me, um, he's a Division One head uh, OC right now, but he was the OC at Northwestern. Uh, it's a lot to unwrap. Here, here's, here, here it goes, all right? Here, I'm going to tell you what I can tell you, all right? So this cat, this former kid who played there in Northwestern from 2005, to 2008 is a kid named Ramon Diaz. Okay. Here's the tweet that he put out. All right. He put out a tweet that said coach Pat Fitzgerald was racist towards the offense of players during my entire tenure at Northwestern. The guy that just called me was the offensive coordinator during the time there who actually recruited Ramon Diaz. And the offensive coordinator I'm talking about who just called me is a brother. And I'm talking about a hood cat at that. So he said, this cat, Pat Fitzgerald, is absolutely getting fucked. And he goes, this is the issue. Here's the other. I'm, hold on, though. It gets better. So Ramon Diaz, this player, came out on a tweet and said, this cat, Pat Fitzgerald, is a, is a racist. He played for him 15 years ago, by the way. Everyone that's come out basically saying this has been former players, apparently, right. allegedly. No one's coming out now. See what I'm saying? Right. So, right. all right. So now, though, trip this. The same cat, Ramon Diaz, who runs this training session type of deal. On his Twitter, it says, former offensive line for Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern. That's his tagline on his bio. And then it says, Northwestern master's degree grad student clinical mental health counseling. Well, that's a trigger to me. Since Pat Fitzgerald was suspended, this same kid, Ramon Diaz, has come out now and said, I love Coach Fitzgerald. He helped me in so many ways. That makes now, what the fuck's going on? So oh, that's some weird, that's some contradictive. The guy who right called here. me is just be, is, is like, dog, what the fuck's going on? He's like, this is all bullshit. I've known Pat my whole life. Pat's been there the whole my whole life. Here's the thing about it: 
So in, from 05 to 08, Smitty, you're going to come out and call a dude racist 14, whatever years later. So no one else figured that out. So you kept him as the head coach for 14 years consecutive after that. <laughs> come on, no Like, it, 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 this is a, a unbelievable witch hunt. And, like, the people I just talked to and got off the phone with, plus who I talked to yesterday, dog, if this is the reason you wanted to get rid of him because he wasn't winning or you wanted to fire him for some reason, then just say it. Don't make up lies. I hope Pat sues the shit out of this school and this institution because I know how it is to be lied on and blackballed. And he's already got a lawyer. I know he's going to get into it. Um, I know we'll pull all that up. But here's the issue, though. Um, you're blackballed. If When you call the racist now, you're not getting hired by nobody and because perception is reality in this deal. And uh, it's unfortunate how this thing works. It's not really unfortunate. It's kind of fucking just blatantly just fucked up. Yeah. And we are guilty before we're innocent. The, 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 the law has lied on us. We are clearly guilty before innocent. Um, I don't give a fuck what they say. And yeah. these cancel culture kids, they're going to take their word over it over anybody else. And I, 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 it blows my mind that we're taking words of kids from 15 years ago. I hope they sue the shit out of the college because they are now, it's defamation, it's slander, it's character assassination. There's a million things that will affect his employment, future employment as well. I hope he sue the shit out of this, out of this school. And uh, I've known Pat a long time. Like I said, I've had players that play there, and it's not easy to get into Northwestern, by the way, if, no one, if anyone understands it at all. That is why, Smitty, I don't fuck with schools like that. Because the schools like this is the kids you get are the academic, uh, bougie, fucking 4.0 kid that you have to select from who has yep. been coddled their whole life. And now you see what you get. And every school I know that is affluent, that has a big-time IQ, usually a private institution that costs a lot of money to go to, Yep. Always ends up something like this happening. Why? Money, people coddle, you know, it's, it's so much, man. And uh, I'm glad you started the show, just rock the back, getting straight to it. Man, as a as a as a former player myself, man, listen, I, I'm not there, I wasn't in the locker room, so I you know, I'm I'm not about to say what, what happened, what didn't happen, whatever, but like I I I know as a player, you know, hazing and what and what and some of the things that, that goes down. And from what I what from what I'm reading from here for some of the current players, some of these statements were over exaggerated in terms of what was really going down. I even read an article, JB, that that said it was a current player. It was a no name, so they didn't say his name, but it said a, the current player said that the former player who's doing who's putting out all these allegations came to him like earlier in the year and basically said that after this, you know, this uh, this company who was investigating the entire thing, you know, all year long, if, if after the investigation, if they didn't come out with some type of big suspension or firing of Coach Fitzgerald, he, he the player, would basically over-exaggerate and, and, and basically lie to an extent, right, to make sure that Coach Fitzgerald gets fired and get let go. And that's literally what's happening right now. So, so I mean, that, here's the thing about it. that I, Here's the issue. So the issue that's pending is, 
People put on this purge mask and they were running through the shower and they were dry humping dudes that weren't chasing the ball down at practice. There's all these rumors out there that's going on. Right. This man's been here for fucking 17 years as the head coach. And some of the cats in the chat who mentioned the 11 current players who've come forward and all this old shit. First of all, that's not a true statement. There hasn't been 11 true players. They're blending all these players with certain guys. If you look at the 11 players, why don't you look at how many of those 11 are on full scholarship, how many are walk-ons, and how many aren't playing who are disgruntled and unhappy and now are going to come out all of a sudden and make up bullshit lies. Come on, man. See, that's the thing about it. This is where I say experience fucking matters. Because the naysayer who's in this chat and the guys that are all on my social media who are defending the 11 so-called players that don't exist never have been in a locker room, never have ever fucking bled, sweated, or cried with some brothers, brethren, in a fucking locker room. That is why I can't stand the person who talks out their ass who's never had these hands-on experiences. That's right. why it does fucking matter to me that you yeah. do play this game. You have been in that locker room. You do understand the intricacies of a intimate setting such as a locker room in a football facility. People that don't know just don't know, and they should shut the fuck up because I have secondhand embarrassment about you fucks who have no clue. And we are guilty before innocent because there has to be a scapegoat and shit slides downhill. Mm. And that is how this thing works. And then there's irresponsible reporting that happens on top of it because we're in such a soft fucking world that when the kid goes and cries wolf, the administrator, police, Detective, AD, President, Booster, all believe the soft fucking kid because they have to. It's the safe space. I have to believe, I have to err on the side of caution now instead of you're innocent before guilty, which is a complete fuck to a, to a, to a human. Like, you're yep. fucking a human being when the bylaws, policies, the law states you're innocent before guilty. That's right. not how it works, though. And it, and it's fucking up all these ex- in, these great humans that I know, myself included, who have been accused of certain things that never existed, ever. So right. you're telling me that the fucking German kid I cut, who was a fucking pervert, who was fucking attacking women in the weight room and doing all these other things, talking German and cussing out people, that... He didn't lie, motherfucker? Come on, man. Like, you motherfuckers believe what you see, too, which is crazy to me because you have no experience on what happens in a locker room. So, like, you just need to shut the fuck up. There isn't 11 people that have came forward, and the 11 people that who have came forward are full of bullshit, and they're lying. They're disgruntled. They're mad. Their mommy's telling them to do it because they don't play anyway. Why not? Why give a fuck about another human being, grown man, or a person with a family, and et cetera, who's taking care of thousands of kids over the 17-year career as a head coach, plus he played there? Who cares? You don't give a fuck. You, you people don't give a fuck about anybody but yourselves. And I don't even know if you care about yourselves at any point anymore. But I'm just telling you, Big Smitty, this is a fucking witch hunt. I hope he sues the shit out of everybody. 
And I hope he gets his name back right, but I don't believe he will because perception, be perception's yeah. reality. It was like it's like it's it's unfucking believable how perception is reality, and these people will still look at him side eyed, just like they will me, even though I beat the case, even though I beat the charges, even though people know the truth. People will still not look at you the same, and yep. it's like it's like it's like your girl. You know, somebody told you she's cheating. You don't have proof. She's saying she didn't, but you've been told that. Something Mentally. changed, dog. I don't care. Like, you got it in the back of your head. Like, why would somebody tell me that shit? You know what I'm saying? Like, fuck. Right. I don't can't jump the gun and, and, and fire her, but it's in my back of my head. Like, something's cracking. I, it's the same situation with this. Like, Hiring parties, admin, presidents, ads are going to look at you, and and you're not going to get the same job. And and unfortunate, you got you've been there 17 years, and and the, and the common sense play has become so uncommon, dog. Like common sense says, Big Smitty, this motherfucker's been here forever. Why haven't we ever seen anything ever before? And all of a sudden <laughs> now, we're in this fucking soft fucking society. And we're just taking fucking shitbirds' words for it who don't play, who are soft as runny baby shit and just want to cry about everything because they're so fucking expecting of instant gratification and they just want, want, want with their fucking handout without doing any work. And we're going to believe that person. It blows my mind, dog. I, I'm glad I'm not in the business right now. I really am. It's, it's, it's so fucked up. Um, I just I don't know how to do it, man. I don't know how I, how to do it. I'm very upset right now about Pat Fitzgerald losing his job because I know it's fucking horse shit, and I'm 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 just pissed off that more and more guys continue to lose their jobs. By the way, it's a white dude who's basically in Northwestern. You're probably fifty fifty with white versus black players compared right. to a guy like me or or or, or playing at another big time school. Um, you know, it ain't Michigan or fucking Ohio State or. Uh, where, 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 where there's more brothers probably playing it than there are white guys. Northwestern, you're probably going to be on the other side of white. Right. Having said that, it's still a guy who didn't give a fuck about what color you were, who's helped out nothing but football players. Let me just say student athletes his yep. entire career. And now to be called or tabbed a racist to fire you is irresponsible by a Again, Big Smitty, PhD holding president who has a PhD, but yet it's not smart enough to smell a fucking crook, criminal or liar. Because, again, you have no street smarts. You have no fucking hands on experience with dealing with kids and understanding the reason behind allegations, why they start. They start because they don't play. They start because they're disgruntled. They start because they got cussed out. They start because you recruited them, and now they think you're playing them And because it's political. No, you're just not good enough, and now you want to lie and make up bullshit. And that is where we are, and I think we continue to allow it instead of coach it, and that's why these kids are doing what they do, and that's why it's transcending upwards to the NFL where you see these professionals who are under contract demand trades. It is starting to go that way. I'm just telling you guys, I've been saying it for a couple of years. No one believes me. I'm just saying it's getting worse and worse and worse. Um, quote of the day, let's get it going, man. Uh, I'm glad I got that call. I'm glad I got some other things on in the fire. Um, 
Quote of the day, and it's a great one because, goddamn, what a segue. A mistake repeated more than once is a fucking decision. Mm, um, I realize that, but the president at this institution, the athletic director at this institution, is basically repeating a mistake, and it is a decision. You made a decision to fire Pat Fitzgerald, and it will be end. It end up being a fucking mistake. Um, facts of life, dog. I got a little hip hop culture for you, Big Smitty. All right. On day, July 11th, 1975, Little Kim was born. Mm, okay, Little Kim, one of the greatest uh, female hip-hop rappers of all time, a legend in the, in the game. Worst-looking, fake fucking man. She looks looking. really bad now, really. But she used to look good back in the day. She messed herself no, up. That monkey poster. Man. Uh, Shout out to Little no. Kim, though, man. The yeah, no she went some weird shit. I don't know what happened. Uh, poll question: Should Fat Pat Fitzgerald have been fired? Uh, Hell that's no. the poll question. <clears throat> Obviously, no for me. Um, I don't know how you fire a dude without any. Here, here's some insight I got on the phone, by the way. Yeah, the athletic director they suspended him. They looked into this thing six months ago, by the way. Yeah, they had a whole team right investigating the entire thing. So the AD, by the way, has been on vacation. You know this. The motherfucker not even there. <clears throat> and you make this decision. It just it, it, it it's a whole nother discussion right there in the, in that whole thing. So it, nah, it's it wild is to really me. fucked up. JB, real quick, I, I know I know we got you know guests coming on soon, but like they went from a two week suspension to you're fired like that because this player is supposedly. I, Supposedly the player met met with the guy uh, AD or something on Sunday. I want to say two days ago, and and told him some more information or whatever. Again, it makes no sense to me. And real quick, I actually wanted to read a, a statement from a, a, from one of the current players that he put out on Twitter that that's been going not not viral, but has been catching a lot of attention. A current player, a black player, Evan Smith. He said he said these past few days have been extremely difficult for not only me and my teammates but the entire Northwestern University community. Hearing some hearing some of the comments that have been made about Coach, Coach Fitzgerald have been very disheartening, to say the least. Coming out of high school, I had many offers to choose from at prestigious universities like Northwestern. But what set them apart and, and influenced my decision to leave my home and move 10 hours away was because of Coach Fitz. He said, I feel like the atmosphere was conducive to a family environment, and that's exactly what he has experienced. Um, he said, as an African-American, I have felt no different and I have been treated no differently than any of the other members of the team. Sadly, I have experienced racism in my life, but I am proud to say Northwestern University and the football team has not been one of those places. I fully support our coach and I'm iron, honored and humbled that he selected me to be a part of the team. Uh, he, he has a few more, you know, pieces too. I don't want to read the whole thing. Oh, you got to put it right here. So. But man, again, I'm just showing you this is a current player, black player, who was vouching for Coach Fitz. So it just how about, how about let's dive into it a little deeper while we wait for Zeke uh, to pop up if he pops in. Let me let me let's dive into this a little deeper though. Um yeah. maybe it's not just a coaching issue there. Have you seen the baseball situation in Northwestern? Mm, I did see that. Yeah. So this is the baseball program at Northwestern 
The 670 The Score has reported that Northwestern baseball head coach Jim Foster has created a toxic environment in the program and broken the spirit of the team. Homie, I'm fucking tired of these pussy fucks controlling the narrative because the coach who's been there forever, the baseball coach who's won, has now cussed you out and now you can't handle a coach coaching you by definition, getting you where you could not get yourself, and now you cry and bitch and moan. So now every coach at Northwestern's toxic, right? Like, maybe it's a university fucking problem. Maybe your fucking president should look in the mirror. Maybe your athletic director is a cowardly fucking cunt who won't take any fucking responsibility and start holding kids accountable instead of the coach who recruited them. Like, I'm trying to figure this out. We give you an opportunity. We recruit you. We give you a $100,000 scholarship. And then we coach you as we told your parents we would do. Never harm you in any way. Never fucking do anything outlandish. We're going to cuss you out. Yeah. We're going to give you tough love. Yes. But goddamn, every program at Northwestern now is a fucking toxic fucking head coach. Like, I'm so fucking sick of this soft pussy shit, man. When is the administrator going to say, shut the fuck up, then transfer? Because that's what would cut this out. How about you just fucking transfer? Instead, though, they take the kid's side, the cancel culture side, and start eliminating mentors, grown coaches, and men who have done nothing but help youngsters out their entire life. Now, don't get it twisted. There's some shitty coaches out here. There's some absolute kid. There's some coaches that don't give a fuck about these kids. They're pieces of meat in the meat market. But let's make sure that we hire the right people to decipher through that shit. Right. Because the, head, the AD and the president should be the people who have PhDs that decipher through the bullshit. And they're not doing a really good job. Because obviously, we see what's happening. And guess what, dog? The AD and the president are sleeping fine at night. Making six-figure six job uh, money. Chilling. They don't have to worry about any of this. Scrutiny goes above them. Um, but the head coach, Pat Fitzgerald, and guys like myself and other guys are now looking to so try to figure out how we're going to get a job. Like, it, it, it's a bunch of bullshit, man. Um, man, we got we got, we got got a lot to dive into, but we got a great guest for you guys, man, and I can't wait to have him on. I'm thanking him so much. Zeke, Zeke um, is, is – uh, I don't know if you guys know who he is, former police officer, former – uh, he's a heavy influencer on social media. He, uh, he, he basically is a truth teller like we are. And, uh, and I, I'm so glad to have uh, Zeke Arkham on the show. Zeke, what up, man? I appreciate you. Nice to meet you. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you now. It's kind of delayed, it looks like. Let me see. Is that me or you? Uh, let me see. It's a little better now, it looks like. How you doing, Zeke? How you Good, brother. Good. How you feeling? Man, I'm good, man. My boy, Big Smitty, man, Darnell Smith. He works over at Fox Sports, man. Um, he's been there with Jason Whitlock and, and guys like that for a long time, man. I appreciate you jumping on, man. Um, I've been watching you, man. I've been watching you uh, closely, man. I, I I thank you for coming on. We got a lot to just dive into. Uh, I know you're a busy man. Uh, what's going on with you now, man? What, so are you just killing this social media thing or you got a bunch of other things in the fire? I got a bunch of things in the fire, man. I got uh, my podcast, Reasonable Suspicion, that I do. Um, 
you know, I just I, I try to work with as many people as I can just to try to uh, spread the message, you know, spread the message of uh, positivity and just trying uh, to talk people out of being victims. You know, there's a huge victim culture out there. People enjoy being victims and being a victim is the easiest thing to do because nothing's ever your fault. You know, you can just sit back and go, oh, I'm a victim and wait for people to say, oh, poor baby, poor baby. But, uh, you know, I tell people, hey, listen, you know, you, you can get yourself out of whatever you're in. You know, if, if you're if you're broke, you can go out and make money. You know, if, if you're, you know, if you're sick within certain reasons, you know, I, I get people have cancer and things like that. But if you're sick within certain reasons, you can get up and get yourself better. You know, you don't have to stay where you are. And that's uh, on a daily basis. What's your take on this Pat Fitzgerald thing, man? The head coach of Northwestern, right outside of Chicago, where they're killing fields right now. Uh, this kid's basically he's been accused of racism uh, by a bunch of BS uh, players who coming up 14, 15 years ago now coming out. I just had a former buddy of mine who was his offensive coordinator, a black man, who's calling bullshit on it um, and saying it's a witch hunt uh, like no other. Um, have you heard anything about this thing? Personally, I haven't, but, I mean, listen, when people say racism and their knee-jerk reaction is racism, I have to really investigate and see if it's really racism. You know, that that, that accusation is so overused nowadays. You know, if, if you, you know, if the McDonald's milkshake machine is broken, oh, it's racism. You know, if, if you go someplace and uh, they don't have enough food, oh, it's racism. You know, if, you, if, you, if you're late for work, oh, it's racism. I read something yesterday. I said that uh, uh, working out and staying fit is is white supremacy. It's a tenet of white supremacy because uh, of mixed martial arts and things like that. Like, you know, I, I got my great granddad who experienced real bona fide racism in North Carolina in the 1920s, and and he he was the first one to tell me, "Don't call everything racist," because he understood exactly what that is. And it's the term, the, 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 the accusation has just been so watered down and everything is racist. And it's usually coming from people who, who have no idea of what real true racism is. You know, they just, they think a setback is, is racism. So it was something, it's something I have to look into and, and see exactly what's going on. But if he's got a black dude on his side that's, you know, so, you know it, I, I tend to go, you know, I tend to go with what the other guy is saying. Now, you know, is it bullshit? You know, are you just making up accusations? Are you, you know, did you just get butt hurt? Want to say is, oh, it's racist just because, you know, that's going to get the immediate response. So it's something that I'd have to investigate and look into. Now, for sure, man. And I just want to jump in and ask you a question as well. I know you're someone who, and correct if I'm wrong, but who considers yourself to be more conservative. Just as a, as a, as a black man myself too, and that's understanding that how uh, the the narrative behind conservative black man is always you know uh you know uncle tom and like you see all these types of descriptions online which obviously isn't true but from your perspective what what's what's like the biggest misconception about uh, a conservative black person from your point of view probably the biggest misconception is i'm some sort of uh quote-unquote carlton type you know who who grew up you know, in a rich neighborhood, you know, grew up around white folks all my life. I grew up in South Jamaica, Queens, man. You know, I grew up in, in the hood. You know, I had the projects, you know, the 
the, the stuff to make projects right right near me, man. So, you know, I grew up in the hood. I got a single mom. You know, my, my father was around. He wasn't an influence for anything. And I grew up around nothing but black folk, man. You know, I, I grew up the way, you know, everybody else did. You know, I grew up with uh, in a building with uh, staircase urine and, and, you know, drug dealing going outside and, and crackheads. I saw crackheads, you know. I saw uh, a dead body once, so I got shot in my grandmother's neighborhood. So I grew up around it all, man. And, and I'm here to say, hey, listen, I grew up those circumstances. And I can still have this victor mentality instead of a victim mentality. And I can still move, you know, get married, you know, uh, uh, move my family to, to a, a better neighborhood, you know, buy a house. You know, people always are, oh, you know, you, you, you live, you, you made it out. Yeah, but I didn't do anything differently than, than anyone else, you know. It's not like I had some sort of magic potion, you know. It's not like, you know, I, I went to the bank and they pulled out some sort of secret application for me. You know, oh, you know, this is going to get you approved faster. I went through the same process as everyone else, and that's, that's what I try to preach to people. You know, I did nothing special. I, I, I didn't break the rules or bend the rules, you know. I, I did the same thing as everyone else, and you can do the same thing as well. And I think that's the biggest misconception that, you know, because I made it out and because, you know, if I get stopped by cops, you know, and I'm polite and I'm cordial, that somehow my story is, is unique. No, you know, I'm not doing anything differently. I'm not, I'm not out there rewriting the rules or, or, you know, there's special rules for me. I live the same way as everyone else. And, and that's the, but the difference between me and other people is that I don't let temporary setbacks get to me. I don't, I don't, you know, allow, you know, okay, this door was closed in my face. All right, well then, you know, I'm going to look for the next door and then the next door and eventually the door is going to get opened. So, you know, when I work with children, when I work with youth and I get a chance to speak to them, I tell them the same thing. And some of them already have excuses planned out, you know, oh, you know, I tell them, hey, listen, you know, you, you can go to college, you can do this, you know, oh, well, what, what if this happens? Well, if I can't do this, what if, well, you know, they've already got their excuses as to why they're going to fail planned out. And those are the ones, but then there are ones where I'm talking to them and, and they're like, you know what? You're right. You're right. You know, I, I, I can get this done. You're right. You know, they start asking me questions. Well, how can I get this? How can I get, those are the ones I speak to. So, you know, I think that's the biggest misconception. No doubt. I, I see you talking to some guy, some uh, a guy on the news not too long ago was on YouTube, and you were he was asking, he was telling you that murder rates are down in New York, Chicago, and you were like, you were kind of like, not really. At, to date, they're actually higher, but I don't know where you got your stats from. You kind of called them out on it. I was watching it. Um, why are we seeing, dog? I've asked Big Smitty this before on the show, just me and him, and I and I, I grew up in Compton, so I, I've only coached both mostly black men, and I was raised by a black woman for the most part. Why are brothers killing brothers, and we seeing it more and more and more, especially in these particular cities? I got a guy that's that's really strong on the real estate market and how that they've kind of set the demographic, like where they put projects, obviously where they put low income housing, HUD housing, all that is kind of, uh, you know, he, he doesn't defend it and doesn't play the victim role. He'll call it out, but he's like, that is a true thing. Do you see that correlation at all? 
But, I mean, as far as uh, redlinings, that's always the, the, the popular go-to. You know, if I ask about, you know, where is the systemic racism, racism going on? And uh, the first thing they point to is, oh, redlining. Well, why aren't black folks working to make their own neighborhoods better? You know, that's the question I, used, I always used to ask. You know, you live here. You know, you, you spend your time here. You spend your days off here. You spend your, your, your evenings here. Instead of going out and filming the cops, why aren't you going out and filming the drug dealers? Why aren't you going to the uh, police community board meetings? You know, why don't, why don't you make this work to your advantage? But then my, also, my question is also, why don't you support candidates who endorse school choice? If, you're, if your kid is going to a school where there's all kinds of distractions going on and there's, you know, gang members in the back making sure the teacher can't teach or, you know, he's in a hostile school environment. Why don't you advocate for school choice? Why don't you advocate for charter schools where you actually have to find an application to go to those schools? I mean, and as far as uh, the murder rate, you know, we, we, we glorify a, a type of music that uh, openly advocates for shooting someone that disagrees with you. We, op we, we glorify a type of music where, you know, they, they live in their mansions wherever. They live in, in their big houses wherever, outside of these neighborhoods. You know, you, you always know the, the rappers who are actually in the neighborhoods because they're the ones that get shot. They're the ones that get in, into trouble, you know, uh, but but the, the other rappers who advocate for for violence, advocate for gang life, they, they don't live in these neighborhoods. They're not in Compton. They're not in East New York, Brooklyn. They're not in St. Louis. They're not in, in Chicago. So so they're pitching you a, a, a type of lifestyle that they're not a part of. But you have people who believe in this lifestyle, who advocate for it. You know, it's, it's almost like there was another kid I was, I was uh, talking to, a white student. And uh, he listened to, uh, to black metal, which is like a type of music that, like, you know, talks about Satan and things like that. And I said to him, you know, I said the difference between what this guy is singing about and what you believe is that this guy knows Jeff. He knows when he goes home at the end of the day, he's not wearing the makeup. He, he doesn't have uh, uh, thrones to Satan in his house. He knows he's going to sell this image and then go home, and, and he's just a family guy. Same thing with these rappers. They're going to sell this image, and then they're going to go home. You know, when Snoop Dogg sells, sells an image, he goes home, and he's just from Broadus. He's not Snoop Dogg. You know, you, you, you can't have these, these people who... who have this lifestyle, you know, they, they sell something in their music and they glorify a certain type of lifestyle and they know you're going to listen to this and you're going to, to want to emulate it, but they're not practicing what they preach. And that's the same thing for all these rappers. They're not practicing what they preach. Jay-Z, who made his, his, his empire built off of selling drugs in Marcy Projects. He doesn't live in Marcy Projects anymore. He doesn't go anywhere near Marcy Projects anymore. Meanwhile, he's got people listening to his music that think, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to sell drugs. I'm going to shoot this person who doesn't agree with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have sex with as many women as I can and have a bunch of illegitimate children. And that's how you make it. And that's, and that's, that's the lifestyle I want to do. So the first thing I would do is just get rid of the toxicity of this, of this gangster rap culture that preaches such a thing. Hey, I, I'm from Compton. Sorry to cut you off, Smitty. I'm, I'm from Compton, and I've raised nothing but brothers for the most part. And I talk, I preach this shit to them all the time because I'm like, dog, quit being the victim. Quit acting like you. You got to be different. You got to go out here and approach it and grab it. 
On the other flip side, though, um, I know for a fact there's backwood redneck fucking cats killing themselves. Uh, crack cocaine is at an all-time meth in Indianapolis. Uh, I think is in California, Kansas. Majority white. We call trash, right? That's our that's our that's our word that we use. What do you say to the folks that they, that we don't really see the killings of those folks, white on white trash, so to speak? Like, what is your combatment to that when they say, why are we only showing brothers killing brothers, sisters on sister violence, uh, blacks robbing Nordstrom? Why we don't show the white folks? Do you say it's not happening or do you say that it is, but um, not as much and frequently? What is your combatment to that if someone asks? Well, let me ask you this: Show show me a song where uh, you know a country song or or uh, a hardcore punk song where they're endorsing lifestyle, where they're endorsing going out there and, and shooting up the woods and going out there and, and shooting each other up. Show show me show me a song where they're doing that, and I guarantee you they are way more few and far between. The number one, the, one of the top ten songs right now in hip hop culture. Is- saying I'm a bitch, I'm a hoe, uh, I'm, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna I'm I'm do that. This is and this is and they're celebrating this. They're out there twerking this. You know, show show me uh, the top ten. Show me why uh, Cardi B made made a very popular song about wet ass pussy. You know, show show me all of this. It, it, it's way different in black culture. We we tend to put this up front. You know, if there's a fight that breaks out at a Chuck E. Cheese. You know, first thing they all want to do is film it and record it and throw it on social media. You know, uh, is it happening in some of these backwards? Absolutely. Sure. I, I'm, I'm not going to say it's not. Sure. But they're going to be far less inclined to video it or, or, or record it and then put it on social media and then and then claim racism when people are openly condemning it or, or you know, what I hate. Is when you have some of these uh, uh, far right influencers that put it on their feet and they go, "Hey, you notice a pattern? Because it, it makes it makes all of us look bad, you know. It, it may, you know, they're not they're not throwing out these specific black folk. They're saying notice a pattern, talking about all black folk. So that means when I show up with my family somewhere, I'm ro- I'm roped into this. So so you know, I would say just it, it's far more prevalent because black folk are making it far more prevalent. I mean, you also have the crime numbers out there. You know, when you look at the murder rate, when you look at the robbery rate, and you look at who's doing it, you know, you got the numbers out there that don't look good in our favor. So, you know, I've, I've said before, I've gone on record before to say there is, there's a bona fide problem within certain black communities that needs to be addressed. And until, until we stand up and say, you know what, this 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 is not okay. This is wrong. This is you know we have to look at ourselves and call ourselves on our own bullshit instead of saying you know what if someone if someone criticizes us the first thing we want to say is oh it's racism it's racism look look how racist he is. If but instead of having that knee jerk reaction, so you know what is what he's saying correct? And if it's not correct, hey, we can move on. But if it is correct, it's a problem that needs to be addressed. Real quick, I want to chime in. Uh, uh, all, thanks for breaking that down. You, you said a lot there. I want to t- talk about the music side specifically because I, I think I kind of disagree a little bit on the music side in, in, in this sense. So 
I'm someone again. I think we all grew up similar. I grew up poor. I grew up five. I grew up in the hood. I've listened to hip hop music my entire life, probably at an age where I was too young. But I never listened to the music and say, you know what? I'm about to go outside and do this. I'm about to go sell drugs. I'm about to go harm someone or kill someone or go get a gun. I never in my life game bang. Never thought about doing that. But I I love I love the music. And so to me, it's hard for me to blame the music on the direct actions of what people are doing. I blame the parents. I blame the person, people who are overseeing the kids who are not putting them in the right position and telling them what's right from wrong. Because at the end of the day, we all know a lot of artists, they lie, they lie in their music. It's not just hip hop. It's it's rock stars who, who talk about, who highlight doing drugs and sniffing coke and, and, and jacking up hotels. It's, 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 it's this depressing, you know, you hear a lot of younger artists nowadays, uh, Talk about just suicide and ODN. Like you hear all types of different types of music where I don't, I can't correlate that music to the actual actions that are happening in, in society today. You could, you could, cause if that's the case, we can blame, you can blame movies. You can blame TV shows for, if you go watch a movie where they're drug dealing in the movie and, and the, and the main character is looked at as someone who's cool. You watch, you watch the Sopranos or the wire or one of these famous shows. I can make an argument. Oh, if I, wa I watched the show as a teenager. Now I'm, I'm influenced to go outside and do it. No, I can't blame the the, the, the artist or the art for for the actions of someone else. So, like, I, I guess I say I say all that to say this. Like, what what would be your response to to that? Like, I blame the parents more than the actual music or art itself. I I agree to a certain extent. You know, you need the foundation. You know, my mom was extremely. You know, and and even though I hated it at times, you know what? I, I appreciate now as an adult. So I, I definitely agree. And listen, I'm 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 old. I'm an older guy. I grew up with Wu Tang and Onyx. You know what I mean? And Onyx had had twelve different tracks about beating someone up. You know, <laughs> Wu Tang had they painted a picture of of life in, in Staten Island. Listen, I get it. I understand that. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't just uh, uh, absolve hip-hop music, especially modern hip-hop music now, uh, of, of any blame. Just reason being is because in the absence of parents, uh, do parents need to step up? Yes. But in the absence of parents, these kids are going to look towards the street for an influence. So, like, that's why I said, you know, you've got Jay-Z rapping about how he used to sell drugs, and, and now he's here, and he made the success. And you're going to have kids who listen to that, and they say, you know what? Yeah, this is what I have to do to get ahead. I'm not going to work a nine to five job. I'm not going to be out there going to college and, and making myself better. I'm not going to sit and, and and take the steps towards success. I can get success overnight by doing this. You know, uh, you got rappers out there who preach violence. You know, I'm just going to shoot someone who disagrees with me. And you've got kids in the absence of parents who go, you know what? Sure. So I, I agree. Absolutely. The parents need to set a foundation. But in the absence of parents, this is what's going on. And also in the absence of parents, you got to look at in, in black communities, what's the fatherhood rate in black communities? You know, we shouldn't have to incentivize fatherhood. We should have to convince people who, who are fathers to raise their children. You know, you, you, know you, you shouldn't have to incentivize. And I talk as someone who was raised by a single mom. You know, my father really didn't do much for it. He was around. <laughs> That's all he was. 
he was around, but my mom did the, the, it was like he was working most days. He just, he sat at home on a couch and, and, and still, you know, expected to be called, uh, but it was my mom who did everything. It was my mom who was going to the parents teachers conferences and all that. So I speak as someone who, who was basically raised by a single mother. There was a lot I missed out on because my father just didn't want to take a fatherhood role. And there's a lot that these kids out in the streets are missing out on because they don't have a fatherhood role. That's why I do advocate for big brother programs. I might not be your father, but I be your big brother. You know, um, I can't I can't do it now as much just because I have a family of my own. But I do try to talk when I can. And I do try to inspire kids where I can. But you know, I, I mean, I, I, listen. Essentially, I agree with everything you're saying. You know. With that, you can listen to these to these songs, this music. You can listen to even even uh, in in other families, they can listen to songs about you know doing drugs from from rock bands or whatever. Or like I said about that other kid, listen to uh, black metal and listen to that and understand there's an entertainment value towards it. You know, it's it's strictly entertainment. They're telling the story, but realistically. I, you know, you can't absolve rap music and just say, "Oh, they, you know, they that they're just being artists. They're just, you know, they 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 they're just telling a story. They're telling a story, but they're profiting of the lowest common denominator in these societies." I mean, I, yeah, and I grew up in NWA era, right in the mix with it. I was around them cats at that time, uh, and it, you saw a spike. You know, and gang banging, obviously, uh, the white T-shirt and the khakis and the Cortez spiked in L.A. It, it moved east to New York and, and and Chicago, and and then, but you saw the individual. I think that has to at one point drop their nuts and say, "Look, man, I know the difference between fucking right and wrong," and that's just like in life in general. I see. I th- I blame these fucking video games more than I do even the, probably the music. I think it goes hand in hand. I'm looking at guys that are getting $200 million in Kyler Murray who rather play a video game than read a playbook, and he's just robbing the NFL blind. I mean, like, and then you see these guys playing all these four nights and these shoot 'em up games, and you're actually seeing them live it in real life. Like, they're actually playing video games in the streets and have not a clue how to use a gun, but get what? They're killing people. It's like, it's crazy. I, I just think social media, the... It's just ridiculous. It's it's fucking these kids up, man. <laughs> these kids are so weak minded, brother. Uh, I truly believe they'll do whatever Johnny does, and they're just gonna be a follower. They're gonna head to the left regardless uh, at the stop sign. They none of none of them will turn right. Uh, they're always gonna follow the leader, and sometimes the leader will fall will, will lead your ass right off the damn end of the deck. And it's just uh, it's unfortunate, but that's what we're seeing nowadays uh, from everybody. It's just crazy times, I guess. No, I absolutely agree. And listen, uh, full disclosure, I'm a gamer. <laughs> so, <laughs> but like, uh, I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but listen, man. You know, I, I again, you know, I, I can tell the difference between fiction and reality. And uh, you know, that, that, that I think that's that's where the disconnect is. You know, you've got uh, these kids who who they they they're mashing up the fiction and reality. And they think that, um, you know, this somehow correlates to how they can live their life. And, and, and no one wants to do the hard work just to be successful. 
You know, it's like I said, you know, I grew up with a very strict woman who, who reminded me all the time, I'm your mom. I'm not one of your little friends. I'm not, uh, I'm not here for you to like me. I'm here to raise you to be able to go out on your own and survive out on your own. And I do the same thing with my daughter. I got an eight-year-old little girl who I love more than anything in the world. And sometimes she doesn't like me because I have to set the rules in place. But you know what? I'm, I'm training her to one day go up on her own and, and be away from me. And she's got to learn how to live out in the world. And I'm always going to be her daddy. But, but she's, she's got to learn how to go out into the world and be successful. And I think that's, uh, I think also there's been a, a, an increasing culture in as far as, you know, you have to coddle kids. You have to be soft on them. You can't go as hard on them. You have to pat them on their heads and you have to give them participation trophies and you can't, you can't hurt their feelings. You, know? you can't make them upset. You can't make them sad. You know, I, I don't agree with that at all. You know, I, I think my mom every now and again went out of her way <laughs> to make me disappointed and make me upset. You know, just because it, it, it does teach you something. It does teach you how to stand up on your own and pick yourself up and and try again. And, you know, I, I'm not as harsh on my daughter, most because my wife is like, you know, I, I don't want to battle with my wife. But, uh, you know, it, I think that's needed nowadays. And I think we've gotten away from that. I think we've gotten more into the timeout generation and the, and the participation trophies and and it's it's been at a detriment to the youth and you know you have uh you have these kids who now the, the new thing is prank culture and uh, they're out there pulling pranks for likes and clicks and it's the most toxic most harmful thing i've ever seen and and i'm just waiting for the day when that backfires on one of them and, and i hope it doesn't backfire too hard but it's going to backfire because pe people don't appreciate this it's you know, starting. it almost backfired. Uh, yeah, it's, it's starting to backfire. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't wish harm on anyone, but you better stop before it, this thing goes very sideways. Hey, hey brother, I do, because I can't wait for the motherfucker to try me. I'm waiting, because that's going to go... <laughs> that's just going viral. I'm just telling you right now, I'm waiting for the prankster to try me, or you, or <laughs> Cause it ain't gonna go well. I'm just telling you, I, I, it ain't gonna go too well. Uh, man, what what's next for you, man? What you got going next? Uh, you 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 uh, just keep keep killing this social media thing, or um, are you done with like police for? Are you done with ser public service? Uh, I mean, I was. I, I think I always, in some way, be into public service. You know, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm the type who wants to uh, just try to influence people. And I, I, I actually, I, I hate that term influencer, but I just want to, you know, I, I'm more like I want to talk to people about life decisions and, and, and how they can get ahead, you know, and just talk to people in life. Like I said, my story is a type where I didn't grow up with a silver spoon. Trust me, I, I truly didn't. I, I remember uh, uh, people being robbed in, in my building's elevator. I remember, you know, someone getting killed on the second floor of my building and, and that smell stuck in the air, you know, the, the decomposing body smell just kind of stuck in the air on that floor permanently. Um, you know, I remember you couldn't take the stairs in my building after a certain time because you, you were going to get robbed, you know. So I, I, you know, I knew the sound of gunshots because any time someone bought a new gun, they were fired off on top of my building. And I got friends 
in who still live in that neighborhood who haven't gone anywhere who aren't going anywhere that you know when I, when I run into them you know the first thing they say is oh you made it out you made it out that's because you're smarter I'm not necessarily smarter but I made myself because I read I, you know I found out what I had to do and I, I set a goal and that's just what I talk to a lot of youth about you know set a goal you know, what's your end goal? Okay, well, let's work backwards from that. What can you do in order to reach that goal? Set another goal once you accomplish that goal. So, I, you know, I just try to talk to people. I try to uh, stop this whole, you know, this is racist, that's racist kind of thing. And I don't know where this is, if this is going to go. I don't know where it's going to take me. You know, uh, uh, in the meantime, I, I got my wife, my daughter, you know, so... I, I give them as much as, uh, of my time as I can, especially my little girl, just because, uh, you know, she, she's a daddy's girl. She loves her dad, and I, you know, I love her, too, and, and I, you know, I make time for my family. So uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Nah, I agree, man. I, like, especially, man, shit, I, I got a 24-year-old daughter. I know all about it, having had her when I was young. And uh, nowadays you see all these wet – crazy videos you don't know we don't know what's going on we hope that it's not true but i think we know that there is a lot of child trafficking going on there's a lot of bs out there going on right now and it's crazy to see i just couldn't imagine like i'm going after everybody and i i, I, it, I it seems like we're seeing more and more of these videos leaking out uh every single day on social media and it's starting to be like man what what a sick world we we can be in at times man it's just crazy to me that we can do that to a kid um but we're seeing it more and more man so i appreciate what you do brother and i i can't thank you enough for coming on here man and giving us the real and uh, i tell people all the time man disagreements create great conversation as they should and uh and I and I and I, I although I agree with most everything you said, uh, I think a lot of the chat in here are half and half, and that's what I think is a good thing because sometimes people can be swayed and open their eyes or ears and uh, and think about doing it another way. So I appreciate you coming on as always, and keep fighting the good fight, my brother. And uh, I, I can't thank you enough, man. Yes, sir. It's a pleasure meeting you, my guy. Pleasure meeting you too, Smitty. Good seeing you guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you. Right, have a good Bye, one. Zeke. Zeke's all, all right. Appreciate it. Let me pull that up. Uh, boom. Um, like I tell people, man, all the time, shit. Great conversations usually are with disagreements. 100%. I always say, like, you can disagree with someone and still show respect, still have great dialogue. You know, we live in an era now where if someone uh, believes in something different than you, you got to hate them. And now it's an argument and you're fighting. It's like, hold on. Like you can disagree and still learn and, and, and bring out your perspective. Like I said, I didn't, I didn't fully agree with him when it came to the music, but we had a good dialogue. He gave his point of view. I gave my point of view. Some things he said, I, I agree with some things I didn't. And that's how grown men have con real conversations. So shout out to Zeke coming on and, and stand, standing on, on his beliefs. And, here's the, here's the yeah. cold part about it though. Um, like if I had to ask you some real shit, I think I'd rather be on his side than against him, though, in an alley. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. Saying that, like, I'm just saying, like, I think he was a former police officer, obviously. I know we didn't get into it, but I know he has a take on defunding the police and all that shit. Uh, and also, you know, former military, former, you know, he, he's an activist on, on Twitter and all these different things. I, it's like, I think that he... 
I think he's open-minded enough, though, to understand that I can help more than I can hurt. Right. You know what I'm saying? I hope. Yeah. That's what I think. But Not for sure, uh, man. My bad. Let me get rid of that. Um, hey, man, I got a little snippet. Uh, we've been breaking this 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 Saturday's film session down, me and you, and uh, we've been oh, getting into it a little bit. Here's look at, a little inside. I never did no illegal-ass shit like that in my life. I've never had to. Where'd he get that from? I have no idea. Cats get cameras in their face, and they want to lie on you. I mean, that's just real shit. That's a blatant lie. Ain't nobody ever seen me at no parking lot or no other high school in my mother... TJ, you in the chat? I just watched Last Chance You. We, this motherfucker from Long Beach, the, remember the little news pe reporter people? They said that I used to be in the parking lot of other high schools taking their players. I never heard that before. I didn't know they said that shit. This has been out four years, and I just found out these fuckers lied on me again. Fucking life, and ain't no kid in the world will tell you that. And no human will tell you that. They, I, why they, the they fuck? said he was hanging out of high school. Why would, players come out and, there. And, and you act like they wouldn't know who I was in their parking lot. The head coach of another school is what he's saying. I'm right. the head coach at Long Beach Cabrillo. Right. He's telling me I'm at another school. I've never heard that. That would make let, sense. Let me, let me rewind that, dog. <laughs> See, now you're going to get me hot. It would have been pictures of all types of shit. That's true. Transfers up in. Because I bring in 30 transfers a year in that motherfucker. My quarterback was from fucking Gary. Gary in the M. Yeah. That's my area. Okay. Nobody wants to talk. I don't even want to bring that up. But I don't give a fuck no more. I'll tell the real. Yeah, that motherfucker was flown in. We made him a resident. We got him a house. <laughs> shit. <laughs> so. in the parking lot after their practice. We're, look at it in the parking lot after practice. Taking up their kids to get them to transfer over to his high school. That's a blatant ass lie. You're an irresponsible reporter. That's fucking. That's a lie. fucking lie. So you go to a real bar, bro? Huh? Oh yeah, my boy. JB, hey, JB, JB be at the brothers bar, like he, you know, what I mean, he getting a real fade. <laughs> hey dog, there's a lot to dive into in this last chance true shit, boy. Mm. I don't know, man. I think Netflix needs to buy it back for me. That motherfucker might be more bigger seller than the original motherfucker. Man, man, yeah. we, you can't show too much for free now, JB. You can't I show know. too much. That, that, that's exclusive right there. That's exclusive. I, I, I got so much video we've been cutting the last few days, dog. Oh my goodness, this is just episode one, Smitty. I told you before we might have split that thing up into hey, two. You know what we're gonna do? I talked to a few people in the business. You know what we're gonna do with that? What we did Saturday? What we're gonna do with it? We're gonna make that the pilot. Oh yeah, for sure. And use that to, and you can pitch that. We'll just make that the pilot, and then we'll have the. We got the sizzle. We'll make the pilot, and then we're really not going to break it down by episode. We're gonna call it a name. Let's just call. Let's just say, for instance, I called episode one blackballed. Mm, mm, you know what I'm saying? I like that. Yeah. The truth, blackballed, lies, lied on me. Whatever <laughs> it may be, every episode will be something else, and it doesn't necessarily have to be that episode. It's going to be just in totality a season, uh, a full season of the truth. That thing, right? Right. It, I love that. it might be se several different episodes in one episode. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, we about to get we about to get crazy. Let me know you need me to pull back up, uh, uh JB. I gotta oh, pull yeah, back up on that. you. I'm gonna need that. No, no, get it twisted. We're gonna need that. Uh, we're gonna need <laughs> you uh to come do some narrating. Um, like you're about to narrate this shit. I don't know, Big Smitty. We got about 
Yeah, we got uh, Steve Kim's gonna join us here in about seven minutes. But dog, what's up with this Adam Twenty Two fucking weirdo cat? Ah oh, man, Adam Twenty Two just been clowning and clowning each day, man. I mean, he's he he likes his wife. First of all, if you respect you, if you respect me, you'll fuck my wife. Huh? What? That makes no sense, brother. That's my love language, Aiden. I'm just saying, like, all right. Actually, I want the mouth, and I want you to wear a condom, but I want to get ahead while you do whatever it is that you can do to her cheeks from behind. That's what I'm picturing. We may or may not be on the center, the, the, the center court line of, the, of the, the late, where the Lakers play, the crypto arena. Uh, Bro. Where's she at? Why are they not together? I think he's in, he's in his like studio where he does his podcast. Like no, I think it's called No Jumper. It's like his podcast. So she's probably back at the back at the crib or whatever. So I don't know. I think all this shit is fake. I I don't think I don't know if they even really married or not. I think it's just doing it for social media. Like I said before, JB, we talk about this all the time, and I always question you: Can you blow up in today's world, today's social media world, without doing some stupid or wild shit? I don't know because everybody who keeps doing the crazy, stupid shit online are the ones that are getting rewarded. When you re when you reward stupidity, stupidity continues, and that's what that's what's going on right now. I don't believe, and I, I, I again, I think him and her came together on some type of business agreement. This is what what, what we're going to do. We're going to act like we're married. We're going to put this whole narrative out there, and listen, it's working because we're talking about them. Everybody's talking about them. They're getting money, so. Kudos to you, but to me, all money ain't good money. I I don't listen. I want to get paid. You want to get paid, but there's certain morals and certain standards that I that I set set aside to where I'm just not going to do certain things just to get a bag. You talked about it yesterday, JB. You, 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 when it came to coaching, you said, "Listen, I'm gonna be me. And if, if they don't like me, then so be it. I'm gonna always be JB, regardless. And if that means I miss out on a few dollars, I miss out on a few dollars. I'm gonna always be me, and I and I respect the, he the hell out of you for that." And it's kind of the same token here. I'm not about to just go out here and just do fucking whatever just to get money. And that's what that's what I feel like this Adam 22 character and, 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 and this girl Lena is doing. And I kind of lost respect for that, honestly. I've heard the cat's a pedo. I've heard he's gone after young women. And then he has a kid. They have a little baby running around the house I saw. Mm, see, I didn't even see. I even know. I don't, I don't follow the cat. I, I I just see stuff pop up, you know. I never, heard, they, of, I never uh, heard of either one of them before this whole thing. So they've obviously done their their due diligence on getting everyone to be invested in what the fuck they're doing, obviously. And I'm going to figure this out. I think people have a misconception. They're saying that he's just pimping her out. You can't pimp out a willing participant. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I don't think people understand that. I don't think you, they don't understand that you can't pimp out a willing participant. This is like, this is like, <laughs> This is fucking their job. They know this. This is their job. Now they're they're, they're putting out who wants to fuck my wife next. Right. Like this, that's a, this is a, a, a an agreement. You know what I'm saying? This is a like I said, this is a business decision that I think they both came together and said this is what we're going to do. And, and 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 this is, you know, we're going to make money this way. Let's see what happens. Cuz prior to this, like I I I knew Adam 22 as just a podcast host. I didn't really know him for know, anything right? else. You know, like I, I've seen I clips he interviews like some bigger names, some rappers, stuff like that. He, I might see like a viral clip here and there. And that's all I ever knew him for. I've never knew him for anything, you know, porn and doing all this stuff until he, until he got with this with this girl. So whatever, man. Hey, whatever floats your boat is fine. I see somebody in the chats talking about a uh, 
Adam 22 versus Smitty in the Oklahoma drill. Who wins? The fact that you have to even ask that question, Anthony Allen, lets me know what type of person you are. You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't disrespect me like that. Don't ever disrespect me like that. I'm, they call me Big Smitty for a reason. Check my resume. Do your Googles. Adam 22, stop playing with me. He going to need a 22 to slow me down. Oklahoma drill. What's fuck wrong with you? What's wrong with your team? Yeah. It's your fault, JB. This is your fault. These your fans, JB. Hey, Jay, oh, you know I can't no damn buddy with no Crip Mac name on there. I don't hear that bullshit. I got homies from there. From there, I don't. They surely don't really know the motherfucker. I'm gonna keep it like that. They surely don't know this motherfucker. Uh, this guy's blowing up on social. By the way, I got a video that I didn't even post, but I got a video of uh, this motherfucker in the Nickerson Gardens whole house apartment door wide open. I, I, I roll up, doors open. We leave to go to the funeral. He leaves the door open. In the Nickersons. So right. if you think that is not what we call an OG, you are fucked up. Ain't nobody going in this house either. I mean, the shit wide open. The gate, the front door. They, they, let's go. And they, they come out at 40 hours smoking weed. We roll to the funeral and the door wide open. We go back after the funeral too. And this motherfucker right there, nothing touched. Yeah. That's now, do that in 2023, any hood you from, and see how long that lasts. These motherfuckers doing it in the in the fucking projects. Crip Mac ain't doing that shit. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've seen videos of this Crip Mac. I don't, I don't know him at all. i just seen, like, funny videos of him just, you know, ordering food, shit like that. So, I, I never... I ne- Real gangsters don't put their life out there, bro. I'm just going to keep it 100. Right. Right, I feel you on that. You know more than me. Like I said, I ain't from out here, so I saw. I was, I was like, I can't tell this dude faking, or he really from here, or I, I, I don't know. But if he ain't, if he ain't for real, he needs to be careful because I that ain't something you want to play around with. I, I say, yeah, that. yeah, no question. Uh, Hell we got man. our main man in the show, Steve Kim. I can't uh, wait, man. Oh, he's oh he's here early. Okay, Steve, I didn't know he was here. Morning. <clears throat> Hey, we had our boy Zeke on the show earlier. Uh, he started the show off, you know. Uh, Big fan he- of his. Uh, uh, he's a true American. He's a serious person. Salute to him. Uh, <laughs> follow him on Twitter. Retweet him all the time. Do you? <clears throat> yes. I admire him. Yeah. He disagrees. He, he seems to think that, you know, I mean, Marilyn Manson came out with a song, and we had fucking uh, a, a white pe- person shooting some people. One day, is it, is it all rap music or is there some backwood redneck music going on that's fucking doing some shit too? Well, I, they, look, you can always uh, argue the impact of media, whether it's video games to music to, to different Ooh. genres. But when when you start playing the game of what about ism, there is some truth to it. But also, then at that point, you have to look at proportionality. You have to look at the level of frequency, how often it happens, and, and the percentages. So, I mean, you can kind of look. There's lies, damn lies, and statistics. But, you know, when I look at the overwhelming amount of what is taking place in society and who is who are the victims, who's perpetrating it, it's hard not to see a pattern. Uh, but, you know, when you, when you say rap music, I don't think we're talking about Curtis Blow or Run DMC. I actually look at the images of modern-day hip-hop just the way some of these guys look, and I'm like, Jesus, that is demonic. That That is absolutely demonic. And so, this, this white dude, what's his name, Sam Smith? Right, that's demonic. Holy shit, I just realized who, I don't even know who that was. I'm seeing this this video the other day, his butt cheeks are out in front of kids and shit. I'm like, what is going on? 
Yeah, I mean, the whole I, media, the, you know, when I listen to music, I try not to listen to anything from the last 10 to 15 years. I'm the same way. There's been a shift, and I don't think it's very, very subtle at all. I think it's very much in your face just how uh, evil some of it is. You know, there used to be a time, you know, I'm a lot older than Darnell, but there used to be a time when when rappers actually across the board in the 80s, many of them had college degrees. Flavor Flav went to college. Uh, uh, one of the guys from Run DMC went to St. John's. And it, it, it was actually very upwardly mobile, that particular uh, genre. Nowadays, if a guy actually talked about a college degree, they wouldn't sell any albums. And I think this is very much something that is controlled by the corporatocracy. They want to dumb down culture. That is why the style of dress, the way they look, has changed so starkly. It's not just a, a change from like, well, well, this is what people wore in 1985 to what they'll be wearing in 2025. But I'm just telling you, if you actually read some of the lyrics, a lot of these guys were educated. Uh, they came from two-parent households for the most part. Now, if you admit that, it's almost like you'd be killing your career. They would just would not push your message. Mm. I, yeah. no, I, I, I I feel it for sure. Like I said, I don't disagree with all that. I, I guess my biggest point is that, again, I made this earlier when uh, Zeke was on. It's just hard for me, someone who grew up listening to hip-hop my entire life, grew up in the hood, being around a lot of stuff that negative influences, being around in my entire life, and I, I never I never once was like, Oh man, I want to sell drugs now. Oh, I want to go beat up somebody now. Like for me, I, it's hard for me to understand that. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I understand that my my life isn't a correlation to every single body in the world. I'm sure there are people who are affected by the music. It just for me, again, I love rap music. I love hip hop. I can listen to some some BS right now and listen to some stuff that has nothing to do with my lifestyle. But I like the sound of it, the beat, the melody, and I can move on with my life and still go to my corporate job, and, you know, and, and go in the office, right? So, like to me, I just—it's hard for me to blame a music, uh, any, and it's not even a rap again, whether it's rock, rap, country, whatever. I can't. It's hard for me to blame music on the actions of 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 the society. I blame parents. I blame the people who are supposed to be the the true role models true decision makers for these kids and, and let them know what's right versus what's wrong. I understand that music can have an influence, but it's hard for me to just say, you know what? Rap is your fault. The, the reason people are shooting people in the hood is because of your fault. No, right? but no. look, I, I do think it's a facet. When you when you have a, an abundance of one parent households that do not have a male influence, um, that becomes a major foundational crack. Uh, number two, it's not just listening to the music. What if you're smoking weed all day? You've given up your education. Um, and th th at that point, it, I think it becomes very easy to become influenced because if you're listening to this all day and playing video games, it becomes like a mantra. Um, images and the things that you consume, uh, whether it's visual or from an audio standpoint, they can seep into your mindset to a certain degree. Uh, you know, let me just tell you how much hip hop has changed. There was a time in the 80s. There was the East Coast All-Stars and the West Coast All-Stars. And they each did a song right around 88 to 1990, where they basically decried the violence in the community. Um, the East Coast All-Stars had like Public Enemy, uh, Heavy D, and they did a song. It was called Self-Destruction. 
You're at it for self-destruction. Basically, it's like, let's cut out the crap. Let's stop killing each other, the gang violence. And then the West Coast All-Stars came out in 89 or 90. And that had like uh, Ice Cube, Ice-T, Tone Loke. And, um, and I think the song was called Stop, We're All in the Same Gang. You did, you could, they would not do it today. So underground, everybody was in that. Right. They, you couldn't, and you look at the messaging, it was actually very positive saying, hey, come on. Um, we are killing our and destroying our own community. Let's be a little bit more conscious. You couldn't get anyone to even participate in the hip hop version of We Are the World. And I say, why? Why? Because if you're going to tell me that Black Lives Matter and that we care about our community, we're not going to give a 15-second verse saying, hey, can we stop banging on each other? What has changed from 1988 to 2020-ish where now rappers are like, nah, we're, we, we actually, you know, we kind of like this. What has changed? Why has it changed? Who is behind the change? I, I Here's my I take on this whole thing because I agree with both sides. Uh, like what Smitty's saying about the parent, I kind of would I kind of question Smitty and say no I think you have the mental fortitude and the willpower to know the difference between right and wrong and do what's right and not what's wrong that's where I'm at with it that's why I used to preach to my players to do that because we don't all have both parents we both we might not have the money or the resources but we do have a mental fortitude and a tough skin. We all have it, I believe. I just think we choose to be the weaker-minded side and say, oh, I'm going to take the easy way out. I'm going to follow these cats to the left and 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 say that it was NWA that caused me to do a drive-by when really you're just a weak-minded fuck. That's where I'm at with it. Like, that's kind of, I think we all, like, doing drugs to me is a choice. I don't care what people want to talk about. Lynn Bias, we had this whole no. You're right, but you know what? Let me ask you something, this guys. Um, why in the world is hip hop the only m- musical genre that consistently has gunplay and deaths and assassinations? Why is it that culture that one rapper goes to another city to tour? He has to check in. In other words, he has to be extorted. Kenny Chesney can go to any city in the in America. Does not have to check in with Kenny Rogers and pay a fee. I okay. Um, the other thing that's interesting about uh, what is going on with with modern hip hop, I've always just found it interesting that the award shows, there's always tension, there's always beef. When you know, I remember one year, it was 2006. I remember Zab Judah fought Floyd Mayweather to Thomas and Mack, and that's when the fight got really heated. Zab Judah purposely low blows Floyd Mayweather, and Roger Mayweather stepped into the ring, and I mean. I'm just telling you guys, for about two minutes, you're like, "Uh uh-oh, something was about to pop off in that that audience. And I wrote when I was writing for Max Boxing, I said, for about two minutes, the the Source Awards almost broke out because a lot of stuff used to happen at the Source Awards. So some guy emails me whining, upset, why do you say that, blah, blah, blah. And I said, here's what what I'll do, brother. When when, uh, Kenny Rogers and Willie Nelson get into it at the Country Music Awards, I'll say the Country Music Awards broke out let me know when that happens send me the link i'll do this guy never wrote back why didn't he write back because he knows he knows you know and so i don't i I just think it's interesting because if you actually look at what happens in hip-hop ock nation shout out to ock nation he's done videos for years most people unless you keep track of it do not understand the death and the violence that's happening 
to a lot of these regional rappers. It used to be a big deal. There's 10 in prison right now fighting for uh, – I just saw this thing. There's 10 rappers right now who got either years or on, on trial. Well, that's only the 10 you know about because yeah. Op Nation has done videos. There's literally hundreds of rappers that are regional, making a living. They're caught in a certain lifestyle. that are getting caught up, and they're getting shot. They're getting clipped. They're getting maimed. So, I, you know, again, so then that question has to be asked. Why is it only that genre of music? And then you do have the like the cokehead Chris Rocks in them, or I mean, uh, Kid Rocks. <laughs> yeah, the, the rock star. I, 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 to me, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot that, that goes into that. I think a lot of these rappers are coming from the, those areas of poverty, those areas where crime is already happening in those areas. So then you you make it out, so to speak, because of your music and you're making money and you're talking about your situation that that you grew up in. But instead of separating yourself fully from that situation, you think you're good and, 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 and comfortable to still stay in your neighborhood where you grew up at. And people were jealous of you and, and violence and things like that tends to happen. Again, I, I, I don't I just don't connect the dots to the, the, the crime is going to happen because of the crime is happening because of whatever factors, whatever reason. And we can, that's a whole other episode we could dive into. But I, I don't feel like the music is causing the crime. I think the crime is the crime. And the reason why we're seeing it happen to rappers, unfortunately, because a lot of those rappers are coming from those crime-infested areas, where these other genres that you're, you're speaking of, these country artists, they're not coming from, from these types of But, now the question has to be asked. If you are a rapper and you made it out, but then you still get caught up in crime and you're catching cases, are, are, are you now propagating that type of behavior? Yeah, no. Are you sure. now part of the problem, though? That That's the... Yeah. I agree. I agree for sure. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not remove. I'm not trying to remove blame from them like completely. I just at the same time, it just. I think we got to be careful. Just blaming. I. I uh, you know, you're right about that because it's not always just one thing. Sometimes it's a lot of everything. Right. Like right. I tell you, the guy that I respected, and, and he's one of the most fascinating characters, Hammer, also known as Stanley Burrell, the most famous Bat Boy in baseball history. Here's a guy that actually had real street ties. Yeah. He had more street ties than people even understand how deeply tied. And anyone that ever spoke about him, he would actually check them personally. And that stuff would real, they wouldn't get it started after that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you that, trust me. I read um, about that. But he understood I am an entertainer. And he said, I'm going to present a different image for this industry and my people. He tried to bring out a lot of people with him, and that probably was his downfall. Put on an unbelievable show. I mean, the guy's energy for two and a half. Nobody should be able to, to running man and Roger Rabbit for two and a half hours the way that guy did. Right. In parachute pants. was coked out. <laughs> I'd like to think he was high on life. And he had oh, energy. yeah, yeah. That's what we can but, <laughs> but he was a guy that's – and by the way, he was a pioneer because he was one of those first guys that really had the national endorsement deals – Everybody got jealous of him. They would start making videos. They'd make fun of him. They'd talk all this stuff. And now you see all these rappers. It's so funny when I see Ice Cube now doing commercials with cans of Coors Light. The exact same stuff that they used to rip MC Hammer about. Everyone now gets in line. But I, I give Hammer credit because he tried to at least convey a certain message that, hey, for at least two, three hours, I'm just going to give you a nice show. Let's not try to, you know, I, I still remember in the mid 80s, they had the Raising Hell tour. It was Run DMC, Beastie Boys, and I think the Public Enemy. 
I mean, they had like some gang violence. I remember they had stuff in Long Beach, Coach. I don't know if you remember that one at the Long Beach Convention Center. There was bloodshed all over. I, it was a big news story. I was like, what the hell happened at these concerts? Jeez. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, Whitlock called me this morning. Uh, wants me on the show about this Pat Fitzgerald thing. Uh, right before we went live, Big Smitty and I, Smitty had to take over because I got a phone call from one of Pat's former coaches and OCs uh, calling bullshit on this racial racial thing, calling BS on all this whole situation. He's been there 17 years as a head coach. He played there. Uh, I've got a few players that have also sent me some texts that I showed you guys. Um, very disturbing situation. I guess nowadays we are clearly guilty before innocent. Um, I think the cancel culture has basically infiltra infiltrated the presidents and ADs at these universities. They're so soft and and, and can care less about a, a, a mentor, a coach, or someone that served your university for half their life or more. Um, and now you got kids from 15 years ago coming out saying he was racist and then come mm -hmm. back out and say, I love coach. And like two completely different uh, DM or uh, social media posts by the same person. The guy that was actually there as an old lineman who blames Patrick Fitzpat or Fitzgerald for racial slurs uh, basically now came out and said I was kidding or whatever, but it's too late. Like, where are we at nowadays? Like, well, where are we if I'm Northwestern and I'm an advocate of the football program and I'm a Fitzgerald guy, I would pull all my support from the program. Uh, whatever donations I give, cancel. See, hey, look, if you want to do that game, if Northwestern administration is going to fold like a tent and cancel Coach Fitzgerald, I, I would return the fire in kind. I, I really would. I would just say, look, that. I think that, that I really. Yeah, I mean, that check that I write every year, it's just going to go to – it'll go to my beer money. I'll just buy kegs of beer. Um, my season and, Steve, I don't know if it can go uh, to baseball because it looks like baseball is having the same situation. They're to now calling a guy that's been there forever toxic coach. Oh, God. You know, let me just say, anything that's reported by the general mainstream media when it comes to sports, keep this in mind. Uh, just don't trust it. The old line from Ronald Reagan, trust but verify. And I'm coach, and I'm sure you know this. You could have 5,000 players say you're the greatest mentor, coach, leader, role model I've ever had. And one guy can say he was mean to me, and they're going to run with it. There's something about, again, proportionality. That's what and, happened to me. <laughs> yeah, I, it happens to you on a daily. And my, my view is – if Northwestern really thought this was just worth a two-week suspension, how did it go from that, from getting a, a parking ticket to basically a death sentence? I don't get it. I think they folded. And if I'm Northwestern and if I'm a supporter of that program, I pull all my support. I really do, and I'm just saying I'm good. I hope Pat Fitzgerald fights like hell for his job back. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Too. Go back though. See, that's the difference between me and you. Like, not you, but me and and a lot of these coaches that fight for. I want to. I'm now at the point where no, I'm just gonna sue you, clear my name, and go and beat your ass at fucking Iowa. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't want to go back no more. Because once you don't want me, I don't want you. That's just how it is. But that's fair. I don't uh, know. It's this wild man. Like we play. When I was at Ball State, we played against Northwestern. As we all know, Northwestern has, has been since. Coach Fitzgerald has been there, has been a a just a, a stable uh, a, the team stable like a year in year out a respected 
team. And and my thing is, if, if all this is really going on behind the scenes, racism, all this hazing, one, this would have been came out. Two, in my opinion, it would be a core, a direct effect on the performance and the quality of that team as well. Because if, 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 it's, if it's nonsense and stuff going on off the field, trust me, that shows on the field as well. And there's so and there's so many players that are current players too that have came out and backing Fitzgerald, black players at that, saying I've never experienced any racism at all. Like it, 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 the reason I came here was because of Coach Fitz. So it's like we're taking the word of a handful of players who probably, like, like you said, didn't get play in time. Who knows what the reason the reasons were? You know what I'm saying? Why to put it out? And, and now we're using that to like truly affect this man's life he may not get another coaching job it, it, that's very that's very possible i wonder if the players will just say okay we're boycotting mm. yeah, yeah, that would take some guts state for three of my players they tried to they tried the whole thing in minnesota when they were going to play washington state in the bowl game minnesota players who i ended up having come to play for me at indy were wrongly accused on some bs and the whole place were like no we're not going to play washington state in the bowl if, if you remember that a few years ago it made national news um, because of a lying female came out and said that these three guys, you know, ran the train or whatever, the R word. But in reality, that didn't happen. There was 30 athletes from different sports in the same dorm room, and uh, they they boycotted. And Coach Kill, Jerry Kill, was a great, a great man they all wanted to play for, and they were like, we know he didn't allow this. We know this didn't happen, and it's BS. And now you're trying to boycott? You're trying to stop us from letting these kids play? We're not going to play the bowl game then. I think Northwestern should take the same approach. Yeah, and you know, if you're Northwestern, you have to understand one thing. Pat Fitzgerald is a lifer. He's turned down better opportunities or even the uh, chance to inquire about certain jobs. There will See, Northwestern is a job that you get for most guys to get another job. In other words, you put together two seven and eight or nine win type of seasons – you leverage yourself, then eventually you want to get to an Ohio State. And right. Pat's the only guy that would have said, God, this is my dream job. So Good they point. better be careful because that's yeah. the thing that I'm seeing in college football. There's probably like seven jobs that would you, you would consider destination jobs. By the way, that's cut you off. Didn't he win the damn conference twice now? Well, he's won the division. And let me just say this. Division, division, yeah. To be there at 17 years and actually have, a, I think, 110 and 101 record, people don't realize that's a great job. Yeah. There are programs that where you go seven and five consistently, I would say, man, you're a great coach. Now, there are other programs you go seven and five, I'd say, okay, I'm going to put a for sale sign right on your front lawn. You snake. You're Larry Coker, basically. Pat Fitzgerald to bring stability. Now, look, the last two years have not been good. They've only won four games, one game last year. But in the NIL era and the transfer portal era, Northwestern was already a tough job because they have real academic standards. So just the ability to even send out a population student 4.0, you got to get in there. Right. So it's one of those schools. It's like the Stanford of the Midwest or whatever. So in other words, they basically can only have a pool of about 50 kids every year that they can even recruit. I saw a chart, guys, where the, the Alabamas, the Clemsons, the Ohio States, they offer or they send out about 325 to 350 letters to people they think, okay, you're on our board. We would actually recruit you. I saw one where Stanford has about 20 guys a year. <laughs> They're actually eligible to be recruited. And, and mind you, those are the guys that they hope they'll even just visit the campus. 
Right, right. <laughs> and then I think Northwestern and Duke are probably all in that same. Vanderbilt's probably in. So every if that's the type of school where you have to build that program with a good upper class that you develop, you develop, you develop. You hope nobody transfers. You hope nobody quits football. So every third year you figure, okay, we've done it. We finally got this. And then guess what? As soon as that season's over, you got to start all over again because it's not like in Alabama where you just – it's a factory. And for him to be 110 and 101 over 17 years and actually make bowl games, have nine-win season, 10-win seasons, it's amazing because I don't think anyone would have the passion or the patience for Northwestern like Coach Fitzgerald. I know. Some people take jobs that they really, really want. Some people take jobs that they really, really need to get the job they want. And that's the difference. Um with this that's why loyalty means nothing to these 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 phd holding presidents and athletic directors who will stab you in the back quicker than shit and it's this it's just crazy how you've put all this into these kids get these guys degrees from northwestern by the way i think holds water <laughs> yeah, i agree 100 yeah, and, and you know northwestern is actually investing into the program facilities stadium upgrades or new stadiums yeah. Nine hundred million dollar stadium going in on in Chicago on the Chicago side. I, think. I mean, that is a testament to the job Fitzgerald has done. And I just look. I'm just telling you, if I am a Fitzgerald loyalist for the time being, Northwestern, you're dead to me. You are dead to me. I I remember growing up in the '80s. Northwestern had like a 34 game losing streak. They mm. literally went like three. And, I remember their coach. Early on was Dennis Green and Northwestern, who was who we thought they were. Don't crown them. But then he moved on. And then they had a coach by the name of Francis Pay. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, obviously, again, tough job. And then when they got Gary Barnett and they made that Cinderella run in 95. And Barnett did a great job. They went to a Rose Bowl where they played USC tough. And then they played in a Citrus Bowl where they played a really talented Tennessee team led by a young Peyton Manning tough. So you got to give Barnett credit. He was like the godfather of it. Then Randy Walker, God rest his soul. It looked like he was going to have a good run. But they will never have a guy in Fitzgerald that's going to say, you know what? I don't care if the NFL calls. Northwestern, that's the job. I mean, who, who else is going to say that? <laughs> Nobody. Hey, the Chicago Bears have called. No, 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 no. I'm in Evanston. I'm good at Northwestern. I'm good. I'm good. And by the way, he played there and was a really good player for Barnett. Oh, he was a uh, – I think he won some defensive uh, awards in 95. I think he won the – I think he won the Butkus Award, and Ray Lewis was the runner-up. Obviously, a clear robbery, by the way. That was like Colonel Whitaker and Julio Cesar Chavez. But, yeah, Pat Fitzgerald is actually the most decorated player in Northwestern history. Two-time All-American. And if you look at all those awards, like the Nagurski and the Butkus, his name is on the trophy. So, like, D. Jones keeps bringing up, wait, this guy went 1-11 last year. So, wait, are we firing him for going to 1-11? Are we firing him for making up lies that he's racist? That's the bottom line. Which one is the truth? Don't make up bullshit to get a guy blackballed in his life when really, in theory, you just wanted to fire the guy for his record. Because just come out and say that. By the way, the guy that called me before this show – the AD's not even in this country. Like, this guy's been investigating this for six months, Steve, and now you've come out with a two-week suspension, and then now all of a sudden a student paper writes a false report, and you got players from 15 years ago lying 
and now you're going to fire him. Yeah, just, you know, by the way, if I'm the players, I mean, you know, it's funny. I say to the media member, I would never talk to the, the student paper. I just, excuse me, who are you from? Student paper. Yeah, golf. You, I mean, I just be dicks now at this point, honestly. I just do not trust the media. I, I do not trust what is going on with these mainstream sources in the student paper. Look, they all they get all so political. They've all become over-politicized, flat-out woke. I know people are not going to like that term, but I used it. I just don't trust them. I remember two years ago or during the COVID season where it seemed to me like the national media did not want the college football season to go on. They were striking out against it. But thankfully, great Americans like Ryan Day, Trevor Lawrence, and Justin Fields, and the SEC because they have their priorities straight. Those are fine people. They all say, ah, ah. We like football. We're gonna, but some of these media members were trying to stir up this division that why we shouldn't play football. I remember one group was trying to get the pack. I remember the Pac-12 players were trying to form a union, and they weren't going to play football. And I'm thinking, all you're doing is making these young men who have a great opportunity to act disgruntled and be very, very. Uh, let's just put it this way: ungrateful for the opportunities they have. But as soon as the SEC decided to play football, guys like Kevin Warren, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12, ah, we're going to play football too. Because you know why? The SEC, they are serious people. They understood. We are football players. We are football programs. We are football men. We are a football country. And they say football. And this is the, coaching, Steve. Real simple. This is how we put it. Winners find a way. Losers make excuses. And you see basically the rest of the country making excuses as to why they're not good, and you see the SEC right. continuing to figure out a way to win. Because you know why? It's an old say, saying from Bud Wilkinson at Oklahoma. He says, I hope to have a university that never embarrasses my football program. Yes. <laughs> yes. God bless you. That is having the proper priorities. By the way, I want to address the one on 11. You're at Northwestern. It's going to happen. You're going to have some down years. And by the way, and I, my, my view is once you show the new stadium, you have the new facilities, you could tell a kid that's 50-50 that wouldn't have gone to, to, to Northwestern saying, okay, you know what? I kind of like what's going on here. Look, Northwestern is one of those programs. They're going to have dips and they're going to have lulls. And in the NIL era and transfer portal, I get the sense they're not one of those schools that's going to be delved deep into it, which puts them at a further disadvantage. So the question would be, okay, you can rip Fitzgerald for 1-11. Your record is what it, what it says it is. However, uh, I don't think it's always the same. It's Northwestern. He is not at Alabama or Ohio State or Clemson. I agree. What's your take real quick? I know Smitty has quite, What's your take on uh... – this whole women Yama thing, um, not the Britney Spears thing. We know Britney Spears is batshit crazy. L let me ask you this, though. What's your take on this guy being pulled out now? No more summer league after two games. Yeah, I don't – look, I was actually at the NBA summer league that day that he made his debut. I, I was so bored. I had dinner plans. I left. I didn't miss much. Um, <laughs> I, I just said, okay. I watched one game, and I said, okay, I've had enough. I got the hell out of there. Um. Wemmyon's going to have an issue, though, because a lot of the stuff he does, I just watching some of his game, and I know you can't get physical, but if I'm coaching against him, I tell whoever's guarding him, just get close to him and take away his space. I don't know if he's going to be able to consistently put the ball on the floor if you're right next to him. 
Because I don't know if that's if that size and that length, if he can actually accelerate quickly and blow by people. If you're right in there and these long arm defenders, I I think there's an issue, and he's not strong enough to consistently get into the post, get into a crouch, and say, "Hey, look, right here, I'm in the post." It's crazy. I'm taking so much heat on social media because I'm calling him a bust already. I don't give a shit what they say. Right, and, and look. I'm taking heat for it, and guess what? You can call him the greatest prospect of all time, no, but geez. go ahead and call him a bust. Like, where's the double standard on the hypocrisy on that? You know, that? well, Coach, forget about LeBron James or forget about a young Kobe. How about KG? I knew right away when I saw Carmelo Anthony. His first year, I said, that guy's going to score 25 points for a decade. When I saw KD in uh, 2006 or seven, Very similar body type as, as women, Yana, KD. Right, but he's got some quickness. But he's got some quickness, and his release was so quick that when Durant was at Texas putting up 40 points against the Big 12, I said, ooh, that guy's going to be a problem. <clears throat> when I look at this guy, he almost seems too tall for his own I, good. I'm saying I, I got into it with Gary Sheffield Jr. on Twitter yesterday for two hours, and I'm sitting there like, Gary, it's an eyeball thing. I don't need stats. I It's an eyeball thing. I saw KG out of high school body up and play in the post. I saw LeBron's explosiveness. Right. To get to the he rack. doesn't seem to have a burst. And the first time he goes to the hole, I'm hitting him right across the chest. I don't see that but with this guy. I, I, I gotta jump in. I'm, I'm over here quiet. Listen, listen. I gotta I understand his first game was bad. Did we see game two? Did we not pay attention to, to, to his second game? Yeah, it's not about that, Smitty. Though I'm being honest, I, I'm not looking at stats. I'm looking. I'm at, not looking at stats either. I'm saying that we watched the game. I'm saying the skill set, yeah. the ability that he has inside, the, the, the handles, the, the, the shooting ability. His main problem is he's undersized, but that's that's we can put weight on him. That's not I'm a not, big issue. I'm not impressed with his. With Are all you this. sure we can put size on him? Yeah, look at his frame. Hey, hey, Big Smitty, you're a football guy. The more weight you put on this guy, he becomes more clumsy. He's 7'6". I'm not saying he's going to be Shaq, but look at Kevin Durant, who we just brought up. The guy couldn't bench press 135 at yeah, the NBA draft, and we put taller. weight on him. Not, not he's seven he, inches taller. KD, listen, KD, uh. regardless, you put weight on him. He's still slim, but he's a strong guy. I'm not saying you got to put 30, 40, 50 pounds on Victor. But you put 15 pounds of good muscle on him, he'll be good to go. I, mean, I think KD had a certain burst and quickness. I just – I don't know if he has it. I, I'm just telling you, he's way too tall for me. Like, I don't see how you – like, Smitty, here's my point. If this guy really ends up being this greatest prospect of all time, and let's just say he ends up being what they think he is, which I don't think he'll be. He will be the most freakish talent we've ever seen in 20 years. We'll be talking about this guy as the freakish talent of all time. <laughs> That's what Until we're saying. I see a seven foot seven guy do what KD does, which has basically been tabbed. That's what he is. I, I will I will believe it when I see it. I don't see it. Because human nature, biomechanically, at seven six, number one, your knees are going to deteriorate every single year as you get older incrementally. They're going to go fast, fast, fast. I'm telling you, he's not going to make it, man. It's I just I don't see it. That's just me. Right. And you really want a player that tall to be most effective, 20 feet out? Okay. I mean, you want to take a talk about pissing away vitamins? Jeez. Hey, that's the that's the game we're in, though, Steve. That's the the generation. They'd rather go out there than play in the post. 
I just cannot wait till grown men, even at this era, just get right on his chest. Don't have to get physical. Just get right on his chest. Do not let him breathe. I just wonder about his ability at that size to put the ball on the floor and actually beat guys off the dribble. I, I, I have some major question marks about let, that. Let me ask you guys this real quick. And I know I know, we only saw highlights or whatever online. Most of us wasn't watching actual games. But you guys do know he, he just came from playing professional basketball overseas, right? It's not like he, it's not like he was just playing some scrubs and playing some high school guy. He's playing his pros. Where, where, where he was averaging what twenty something in in in, in, in like ten against put it professional in players. So those pros in perspective, those pros are real run guys. Let's be honest. Come on, Smitty. All right, all right. Yeah, no. I mean, there's Chinese basketball leagues. I mean, is that? I mean, they're pros it's too. In the true league, Smitty. Come on, man. If the argument is about strength and getting in his chest, I don't care if you're playing against me. Can can you can you handle that press? Can you handle that physicality? And obviously, he handled that at that league. You you guys might be right. We'll see. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe he'll come to the NBA and he'll be shitty. He'll have his five points and five rebounds, and he can't adjust. But in my eyes, I do not see it, and I cannot wait to come back on this show a year from now and be like, I told you so. And it's, all, you it's all subjective at this point. It's all opinions. It's it's There's no debate to be had because there's no data to back it up. So it's all opinions. Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, we can't say nothing. Ten years from now, I mean, we'll be talking about it. But, hey, Big Smitty, I got something to dive into with, with, with Steve before you get into the boxing thing with him about uh, your boy Boots, who uh, you hit me to. <laughs> Big Smitty and I watched that fight together, uh, Steve. Oh, what a fighter. What, what a great young talent. I started that bandwagon about six years ago. Hey, before we great young talent. Ask you these questions real real quick, Steve. I gotta ask you a bunch of names. I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna run off a bunch of names, and I need to know the number one name that sticks out to you. And here we go. All right, you ready to listen to this? And I'll repeat them if I have to. I'm gonna spit a lot of them at you, but I know one's gonna stick out to you. King James, Doctor J, the answer. Air Jordan, White Chocolate, Magic, the Big Ticket, the Dream, Black Mamba. Big Fundamental, Pistol Pete. How about Hot Rod or The Beard? How about Big Nasty or Birdman? The Alaskan Assassin, Dollar Bill. Uh, the Truth, Mr. Big Shot. Big Shot Bob, The Rifleman. Clyde the Glide, The Admiral. Vin Sanity. How about Lynn Sanity for Steve's sake? How about The Worm? Uh, how about Big Game James? How about Skip to My Lou? How about Lemon Lou? How about Rain Man? Who has the best nickname in NBA history? Well, the most iconic, obviously, belongs to Michael Jeffrey Jordan. I mean, it's a brand, a billion-dollar brand. So the question then becomes, who by far has the second uh, most iconic <laughs> nickname? And, and I would have to think that is Irvin Magic Johnson. Really? Magic? Yes, because that, that was almost like it became his name. I don't think he legally changed it, but everyone called him Magic. Very few announcers said Irvin Magic Johnson or Irvin Johnson. I and thought, I thought that, he would say Lynn Sanity. Yeah, why, that why, why is minutes. that, JB? Why is that? Because he's the Korean, uh, you uh, know. Yeah, yeah, but Lynn Sanity was all right. But, I mean, the Magic was, that nickname was actually given to him in high school by a local sports writer. And uh, I think uh, I went to Everett High, and they basically said, man, you do a lot of stuff I've never seen before. But I would say magic. It just rolls off the tongue. And, and anytime I see magic, I just I don't ever think of him as Irvin. 
I certainly yeah. don't think of him as a talk show host, but I always think of magic in the, the just the way he played, the way he can create, the joy that he had for the game, the ability to elevate all his teammates. Magic. For me, he's always going to be the greatest Laker. I'm sorry, it's not Kobe. It's magic. I got a, I got a few big Smitty. There's a lot that stick out to me. Uh, the dream is, is, is one that sticks out to me. The answer. Uh, and Dr. J. I mean, Dr. J. Just as iconic as it gets. Um, even though I love Kobe, I, the Black Mamba never really stuck out to me. Either has King James. Uh, By I, the way, I, Black Mamba was the the first. He's not the first guy to have that nickname either. That's Roger Mayweather. Remember? Well, Roger Mayweather, Floyd's uh, uncle, who's a hell of a fighter, two-time world champion, had a blistering right hand. Chin and legs were a little bit shaky. He wasn't the most disciplined guy, but he had a lot of exciting fights. But when, I, when people say, what about the Black Mamba? I always say, yeah, Roger Mayweather. Had some good fights with Chavez. And hey, Rocky hey, Lockridge. Hey, Paul Pierce, the truth is pretty cold one, too. Yeah, but I when like, you talk I like about the truth. the truth, first of all, the people have used the truth. Carla Truth Williams, heavyweight contender of the 80s, uh, may have beat Larry Holmes in 85, got knocked out by Tyson. That was also, he's not the first basketball player to have it. There was a guy that was a teammate of Chris Mullen and Mark Jackson at St. John's named Walter Berry. He used to hang out with all the rappers. He used to hang out with Rakim. The truth, Walter Berry, he had that nickname. So, I, first of all, for a nickname to be iconic, you can't share it with three other guys. It just doesn't work. Hey, what about bad nicknames? I got one. Palm Del P for Paul George. Or Playoff P. <laughs> how, about, how, how about P for uh-huh, Linus, you know, why Wussy? Good grief. He didn't even play in the playoffs. How is he playoffs? Exactly. Yeah. Didn't he say he was depressed in the bubble? And I'm like, hey, brother, try to be one of these factory workers that was laid off. Hey, and when hey, I heard that, I was like, yeah, you're P, all right. We yeah. need a Steve Kim evaluation because before I go in on this, I know Big Smitty's going to be upset at me. I need you to break this down for us. Yes. <laughs> How, how, um, I don't even obviously the little guy. Must uh, have a Kevin lot of boxing Hart? experience. Kevin Hart? Well, I don't know. And look, that, that little guy obviously has boxed. You could just tell. And the, and the big guy's probably an athlete that's trying to box. I don't. People do not realize how hard it is to hit even average professional fighters. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Do you know who that was? Who was that? <laughs> he didn't know, JV. The <laughs> little guy looked pretty good. That was Anthony Davis. Wait, you mean the guy that's always injured? I'm surprised he didn't pull a hamstring. But look, none of these athletes knows how to fight. They they really don't. Um, look, Anthony Day, I give him credit, though. Boxing is a hard workout. It, people do not understand it. You don't even have to get hit. Just do a heavy bag, do some mitts, double end bag, shadow box properly. Obviously, that little guy must have had boxing experience just the way he moved. But people have no comprehension of how hard it is to hit even an average professional fighter. Because they see punches coming, it's second nature to them. They know how to take a punch. And most people actually do not know how to punch properly. 
They don't understand how to turn over a punch. They don't understand hitting across the two knuckles. Uh, my good friend, Rudy Hernandez, whose brother was Gennaro Hernandez, UFC cut man, boxing train, talks about it all the time, how even most boxers do not actually now turn their punches over properly. Now, you have to be able to see the top of your knuckles with your wrist actually having a lot of tension towards it. He has drills. But I, I give Anthony Davis credit for trying. I'm actually surprised he didn't blow out his Achilles and miss five weeks uh, just from doing that. But I mean, look, it for a workout, so I get it. I mean, I've but- seen. I remember when Andrew Bynum was at Wild Card, and for a summer or two, this was about ten years. I did a story on it. I, I interviewed Andrew, and look, you could tell Andrew was athletic. You could tell he had never, never fought. He had never fought. I, I've seen a lot of athletes, like um, the guy that just fought on the Jared Anderson undercard. The guy that fought uh, Mahmoudov, he was a former basketball player at the University of Miami, Rafael Akbajori. And I could, you could just tell, like, oh God, yeah, you need a lot more experience. But I, I look, I give, I give guys credit in there. It, it's a very scary thing to be in that ring if you're not used to it. Yeah, for sure. No, for sure, man. And speaking of the ring, we already teased it a little earlier. Jerome Boots Ennis had the what? The tenth round knockout. Um, Impressive, impressive fight. I was telling, trying to tell JB, give some education on the skill set of Boots. We almost placed a bet right before the fight. I told, I said, JB, whatever you want to bet on here, I don't care if it's he threw out five thousand. I said, listen, JB, I don't want to ruin oh, our friendship. I said, whatever you want to do, I will put whatever amount of money on Boots to win this fight. And uh, you know, but it went the distance, man. No, he oh, didn't. Did he won the fight. Yeah, he got them in a tent. So this, this, this tell us your reaction to seeing the fight. Talk about Boots a little bit for us, Steve. Well, I've said for about four or five years, Boots Ennis can be one day the pound-for-pound pound best fighter in the world. He is the very definition of high-risk, low-reward for fighters such as Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence. Mm. And he will only get a title shot when he's named the mandatory contender. Boots has it all. He has power, speed, technique. It looks like he could catch pretty well on the chin. He could fight out of the southpaw and orthodox stance. And he has guts. He has Philadelphia guts, which might get him into trouble because sometimes discretion is a better part of valor. But he likes to fight. He likes to bang it out. He has an entertainer's quality to what he does. Like, he didn't want to just win on Saturday night. You could tell at the end. He wanted to stop Roy Monvia, who was tougher than a $2 stake. He's tough, man. I'm he, just, was take, he was taking so much punishment, Steve, and he just kept fighting. I respect him for that, seriously. He's one of these guys, Boots, that if he was a stock, I would buy him hand over fist. And when Spence and Crawford, I don't think, wanted any part of them because they didn't want to mess up their money in fighting each other. And he, he to me... Just has that ability to entertain. I think he's going to be a draw in Philadelphia. He's a very nice young man. We actually had him on the three knockdown rule the week before. Comes from a fighting family, and he's the last one. I've known his father for years, Bozy Ennis. Very good man. Very good trainer. He's going to be a star. He's going to be a star. He's going to be one of these guys for the next six, seven years. He will be a major force. these guys on the 29th? Can he beat either one of them? Yes. Ooh. Yes. Oh, <laughs> he said that was some confidence. There. So I mean, let me ask you this. Look, that, I'm, not is, saying I'm not saying that he'd be 80, 20, 70, 30. He, he's right around 50, 50 with each guy. In fact, I, I would slightly favor him over Spence. Crawford's a different animal because of his versatility. 
but I think that much of Boots. I've thought that much of Boots for at least four or five years. I, the guy that discovered him, who managed him at the beginning of his career and is still involved, I believe, is a guy by the name of Cameron Duncan, who's had over 35 world champions. Kelly Pavlik, Stephen Lueveno, Stevie Johnston, Johnny Tapia, Nonito Donaire. This guy is the best bird dog in boxing, Cameron Duncan. He can spot a kid at age 14 and say by age 24 he'll be a world champion. Yeah, Diego Corrales, too. He discovered Terrence Crawford, had him from the beginning of his career. They're no longer associated with, with each other, but they had a good run. He told me about six, seven years ago, Steve, the best talent I've ever signed is a young man you don't know about. His name is Jerron Ennis out of Philadelphia. And I said, how good is he? And he said, I think he's better than Crawford. I was like, really? He goes, watch. When it's all said and done, this guy can be better than Crawford because he's naturally bigger. And he's got a nice disposition. He's a very promotable, friendly guy. Again, I, I think Boots is the truth. I think he's going all the way. Mm, man. Well, yeah, there's news just broke that Tyson Fury is going to fight Francis Nagano uh, in Saudi Arabia. What do you think about that? Uh, I think Tyson Fury, his heavyweight money. run has been very underwhelming. And I'm not a huge fan of these fights. I don't know what this does for him. If it's just going to be boxing rules, he could literally beat him with one hand. In fact, he could probably beat him with no hand because he could probably put his hands behind his back, and I don't think Ngannou would ever touch him with punches. So, I look, it's a money grab. Congratulations to him. But there are other heavyweight fights out there. Still got some unfinished business with Alexander Usyk. Instead, he does this. It is what it is. The Fury heavyweight run has been, no pun intended, infuriating. Yeah, nah, it really has been, and it sucks because he he's so good. You know, what I mean, like when he's in the ring, I mean, to me, he's a he's an amazing fighter. But he's just been, I don't know, I don't know what he's been doing. Like he's, he got the title, he's just been chilling the last like year or so. Yeah, it's uh, been an underwhelming it. run. He doesn't really fight all that often. Although last year he did fight twice, but there are fights out there on the table. I would hope by the end of the year, after this money grab, that there is an Anthony Joshua or an Alexander Usyk in his future. Those are the fights. Look, I, I'm a traditionalist. I don't mind these um, novelty events. There's nothing I can do to stop them. I don't have to participate or give any energy to them. But, you know, that helps him. I don't know if that helps the game. And as a boxing fan, I know what's going to happen. He's going to basically slap him around at will. Now, if this was an MMA fight in an octagon, now I'm, now I'm curious. But it would never happen because it'd be a mismatch in the other direction. Yeah, exactly. Whichever rules they use, the, the, yeah. the professional in that side will be will dominate. So now I'm with you. This is all for money, all for play. So, hey Steve, Steve. Uh, are you going to the fight on the 29th? Nah, I'm just gonna stay home. I the more hey, the more party at the house. Uh, if you gotta, if you want to do it, yeah, I, I think I might drop by there, do some stuff, and uh, it should be an interesting fight. But. Uh, yeah, Ngannou Tyson Fury, ugh. Um, as I like to hashtag J-O-M, jerk-off motion, you know. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, let me ask you this before you get out of here. Uh, Andrew Luck, Hall of Famer? No. Had a great run. But unless his career was ended by some disease or a debilitating injury like a Terrell Davis, just to, as a quarterback – it's one thing to have a great five-year run as a running back, like a Gale Sayers or a Terrell Davis. When it comes to quarterbacks, guys, if you have not put in a full decade or a dozen years, 
you're not getting into the Hall of Fame, short of having some sort of thing like a tragedy. I understand why Andrew Luck retired. His body was broken down, and with the way the Colts did not build that offensive line in front of him or support him with the running game, I get it. And he had options. Those Stanford degrees get you places in life. But if you only played six full seasons as a quarterback, I just cannot put you in the Hall of Fame. And I, I was a huge Andrew Luck fan, but he would not get my check mark. Yeah, he wouldn't. I'm with you. I'm with you. you hey. Think about this. Hey, I six know, look. Seasons, here, here's the one stat that I know will bring up an argument before you mention before you go on. Six six seasons, four Pro Bowls. That he had a great look. His first four years in Indianapolis, they went further in the playoffs each year. There was, a, was fired. But if you put him in the Hall of Fame, what, how do you justify him being in, but not two Super Bowl ring having Jim Plunkett? Or Eli Manning. Well, Eli's going to make it because he played in New York and he's part of the royal family. I don't – look, Eli Manning to me is not a Hall of Famer. Just too many ups and downs. I, I get in arguments all the time with giant homers. Just too many clunkers with Eli, but he had some clutch moments. Jim Plunkin is a guy whose career had ebbs and flows because he was kind of considered a bust in New England as the number one pick. Now, guy won two Super Bowls, though, and he had some good years. How do you have Andrew Luck in there, if you do, but not Plunkett? That's just There's true. a lot of guys. I, or a I'm Phil Sims. I was a I'll big Phil right Sims fan. I'd take Carson Palmer over Andrew Luck all day long. Huh. Hmm. He had the long, he had the longevity. Long. He had All the long. long. Not even close. If he don't get hurt, I mean, if he don't get hurt, who knows what he would have did? I mean, Arizona. He had the longevity. I mean, but if Andrew didn't get hurt, he wouldn't have retired that quick either, though. So the argument yeah, was both sides. But, but again, but again, <laughs> yeah. Carson Palmer did play over a decade. I, I, I don't believe anything Smitty just said. I think he's all pussy and we quit because he's pussy. He nah, quit on his team. Nah, nah, Andrew Luck ain't pussy. Andrew Luck was getting destroyed. Nah, nah, you play behind that. You yeah. play behind that Colts O-line. Our O-line was trash at that point. Don't do that, JB. Andrew Luck was getting killed. And it, it, it was getting up. He would have had more time if they would have played three Mississippi. Yeah, I'm not about to do that. You, now, listen, he's not a, he not a Hall of Famer. You're not, you're not about to disrespect Andrew Luck on this show when, when you got a coach. I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana, 317. You're not about to disrespect Andrew Luck. He's not a Hall of Famer, but the man came through after right. the way he he, there's no lack of guts with Andrew Luck at all. None. Thank you. Hey, Steve, I'm about, to, I'm, about to, I'm, about to, I'm about to go off on Smitty like Big Matt. Oh, no. You crazy. We, let's argue. Let's, let's do it. I, I ain't going to back hey, down. Hey, Steve. So now we the times get tough and we just quit. Or if, we're, if we're cool with that, we're just like, oh, well, football's too hard. I don't want to get hit no more. We just quit. We're accepting that shit. Oh, yeah. God. But I think with Andrew Luck, it, it was not just one injury. He had been building. Like, you remember that game as a kid, Operation? That's what Andrew Luck's body was. Yeah. I mean, Operation, when you hit the little, and the nose would go red. But that was Andrew Luck. He was banged up all over. I think he had a lacerated kidney because he didn't slide that. Look, I don't blame Andrew Luck, but at the same time, he he would not get my Hall of Fame vote, unfortunately. You know who I blame? I blame his rich-ass daddy and mama. Who oh, my God. How dare they provide a good future for him, those assholes. Oh, my God. You provided money for your son. Why couldn't Oliver Luck be a deadbeat? 
kiss his ass soft. I mean, what, what are we saying here, Coach? Coach, he should have went, went to fucking Oregon State. Might have How in the world could his his father stick around and raise him to be a respectful young man? Hell yeah. What a nice What a What a this kid. <laughs> Oliver Luck absolutely screwed this kid. I'm telling Jason yeah. Whitlock later. Oliver Luck absolutely screwed his son. Yeah, providing a nice home, three square meals, probably had had nice vacations at Wally's World, probably always got the newest uh, Xbox or the Nintendo, you know. What an asshole. Hey, what an asshole. Showed up, showed up for birthday parties. I went to Chuck E. Cheese every year. Probably actually went to his Little League game. What a piece of shit this guy is. Yeah, you're right. Hey, Steve, why is it always the rich white guy that kills himself? Like, Steve Bourdain, uh, Epstein. Why? Is well, it- so you're, saying, you're saying Epstein killed himself? Huh? That's, an, that's an interesting theory that he killed himself. Huh? Okay. So did Bourdain, they say. You know. Oh, by the way, I saw the De La Hoya doc. I got a special uh, screener. Make sure you guys watch that. It's going to premiere on the 24th on HBO, two-part series. They did a hell of a job. They did a hell of a job on that Oscar De La Hoya doc. And, guys, they get into everything. And I mean everything. It's not just the boxing part. When uh, I saw him at Fritz's That's It back in the day, I used to see him there all the time, by the way. Well, by uh, the way, they didn't have that particular story in there, but they delve into that realm of De La Hoya. Well, I know broads that used to mess with him. I know that realm about him. Well, there's uh, a lot of them, but yes, but they, they they get into everything. I'll just leave it at that. Everything. I got to watch it. I got to watch it. Can't wait All to right, see man, it. on the 29th, I'm going to have a full spread and we'll watch the game. And yeah, we'll have some fun. I'm going to have AC in the, in the lounge, by the way, by then, too. All right, I'll have some AC. Go watch some Ray Lewis highlights before, stuff like that. It's going to be good. By the way, guys, training camp starting in about three and a half weeks. God, it's the greatest time of the year. Greatest time of the year. Can't wait. Yeah, I'm just I cannot wait. Hey, are you going to go up to Oxenard and watch the Cowgirls? No, you know, I, that, that not really. Only time I go up to Oxnard is go to the boxing gym, La Colonia, stuff like that. Uh, Robert Garcia used to be up there. He's in Riverside now. I actually used to go up to Anaheim to UC Irvine to watch the Rams in the early 90s. Did that for a while. But for the Cow- I'm not really a Cowboys fan. So, you know, whatever. Hey, uh, I appreciate you as always, Steve. We got to hook up 29th. Uh, we'll do that here, and I'll, I'll see you Thursday. Absolutely, guys. Have a great day. Appreciate All it. Right, later. Um, Steve Kim, the legend. I got to see that documentary now, man. Oscar De La Hoya. I got to see hey, that, JD. Hey, hey, We got a whole almost an hour left of this show, and we got a lot of shit to discuss. Um, you scared. I can't wait to dive into a lot of shit we got going on, but we're going to dive into him versus him segment that you like. Ooh, I can't wait for that one. I can't wait for that, Jay, but you, you brought that up. It's a brand new segment, y'all. Him versus him. As soon as we come back, it's about to be fire. Let's give you a little segue. Uh, we'll be back in four minutes. I got to go get me a coffee and take a piss. And uh, make sure you pound that like button, subscribe, become a member. We'll be back in four minutes. Coach AB's top ten. I got Patrick Mahomes as one. As much as it hates to say, I hate to say it, it's because he has two rings and he's won two and he beat Joe Burrow last. If Joe Burrow would have beat him last, I would put him in the second Super Bowl in a row. I would have put Joe Burrow at one. Joe Burrow still needs to win the championship. Joe Burrow has to win a Super Bowl. And in all, and like, listen, 
my quarterback expertise and my knowledge and of this game, I think Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the NFL. Having said that, he is the closest thing to what quarterback play in the NFL should look like every single day. Having said that, Patrick Mahomes won two, been to three. He beat Burrow last, even though Burrow should have won that game. Burrow threw a couple late questionable picks, and you have to call it what it is. I'm never going to bullshit and lie to you. I'm going to tell you the truth. So when Joe Burrow gets him a Super Bowl, I'm going to put Joe Burrow at one. But until that, Mahomes has to be one right now. Um, and uh, and that's just is what it is. Um, Miles Wonder, drop your resume whenever you wish you want to drop it. I would love to see your resume, dog, if you want to talk about rare air. Okay? I would love to see your resume when we're going to discuss yak yards and balls thrown at or behind the line of scrimmage by the great Patrick Mahomes. Let's see all the fucking bubble screens and now hitches and pop passes and shovel pass red zone touchdowns. I want to see the rare air of your resume, motherfucker, since you know so motherfucking much. Talking behind the screen, but you can't show your resume. I can. I have film. We've broke it down. I can show you every single fucking aspect that Joe Barrow's better than Patrick Mahomes when we're talking QB play. But you are benefiting from a guy called Andy Reid and a roster that's been top three in the last four years in the NFL. And if you don't understand that, then shut the fuck up. You don't know football. And you can't talk on my level. So give me a resume or shut the fuck up, rare air. Rare air, these nuts. All right, here we go. Aaron Rodgers, I got at three. I think he's going to be rejuvenated, but I also said that about Russell Wilson last year. So I got Aaron Rodgers going to a pretty damn good roster, and I think that he puts the Jets in the conversation. But Aaron Rodgers could be argued that he's an overrated quarterback with one Super Bowl, and he has to win one. We're going to have to win a Super Bowl to put him in the conversation. Um, as a as a Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks. I believe he has to win another one. Mahomes already has two. So Aaron Rodgers is going to have to at least tie him. Trevor Lawrence, I think, is on the rise. I think the Trevor Lawrence is on the rise. I think Trevor Lawrence is greatness waiting to happen and be pilled outside of himself. He has a coach now in the NFL. He has a um, – he's got a lot of things going – for him on a roster that is improving in a very, very bad conference division in the AFC South. He wins that division. He's going to be a guy that gets in the playoffs. We're going to break that down later on. Josh Allen, I have him as an under-achieving um, QB. I have him above Justin Herbert for the simple fact that he has won some playoff games. Herbert has not, but both of those guys, as uber-talented as they are, have to win some meaningful football games um, before I can talk about top four or five. Trevor Lawrence, the reason I put him above Josh Allen, even though he hasn't won as many playoff games, um, he did win his first playoff game in his first playoff appearance. Trevor Lawrence did. Um, What I have to say is Trevor Lawrence, I'm going with the youth, and that's why I put him ahead of Allen and Herbert. He did win a playoff game. And he's younger, 
with a bigger upside right now in a shittier division. Josh Allen has to go through now. Tua, Aaron Rodgers, whatever Belichick throws at him and Mac Jones, and has to get through Burrow and Mahomes. Trevor Lawrence has to get through Burrow and Mahomes, but he has a very, very a much easier traveled route in the AFC South, and it has a better chance to get there. What up, what up, what up? All right, yeah, dog. we back. <laughs> I feel good. Hey, I like I like the commercial breaks, man, because I'm able to stand up, get my get my blood flowing. I got you're not, my, you're not ready for this, grown man, three hours. That's why. Man, I do this shit, man. I'm from the hood. Yeah, I don't think you're ready for this, dog, because you're going to have them excuses. You're going to have that same excuse that you have for Andrew Luck, like, Oh, I gotta go to work at Fox after this, and we already did three oh, hours. Here woo, you go. Woo. Here you go. Talk. I don't make no excuse. I just produce. Shout out to the Drew Lee, man. I, I'm a grinder. JB, listen real quick. You you do recognize, contrary to belief, that I grind harder than you on a day to day basis. You do. You do realize that, right? Oh, hey, I spit up my coffee, homie. God damn! I just hit my. I just spit up my fucking coffee, dog. I'm not you, to say that. You think you hustle harder than me on a day to day basis? <sighs> JB, I, look, I I go from JB show three hours, boom, hit the gym for an hour, boom, uh uh uh, uh take a quick shower, boom, get my laptop on, prepare prepare some emails before I go to work, boom, drive to Fox, yeah, yeah traffic, and, you know, avoiding chaos, get to work, boom, we got meeting, meeting. Work the show, two and a half hour show. I gotta, I gotta grind. Work the show, cutting off the clips for Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, threads, everything. Drive home, hour work the traffic. Come home to the wife. Make sure the wife, you good, but make sure the wife got her attention. Make sure she good to go. Then I'm prepared. Then I might have a porch podcast. Yeah, I do episode of the porch podcast. I gotta edit that, put that on believe. Then I gotta prepare the rundown for the next show for the next month. My day is nonstop from start to finish. After this show, JB, you chilling. You chilling. You chilling with Ash and Cali for the rest of the day. I'm grinding all day. <laughs> this crazy. Everybody, let me hip everybody the game. Free game Tuesday today. It's Talk That Talk Tuesday. I got to give you some free game. All that shit Big Smitty just said is true. It's very true. But you know what? That is a you problem. <laughs> Hey, my problem, homie. I've already done my shit. I've already grinded 47 years. That's a you problem, homie. Congratulations. Congratulations to you. That sounds like a motherfucking you problem. Hey, well, at least you admitted it, man. I'm grinding, man. Big boy life. Welcome to the real world. I hear you. Uh, this ain't no joke out here, JB. This ain't no joke. <laughs> uh, somebody asked Chalk Talk. Chalk Talk will be back on Patreon and on YouTube uh, once college football season starts. Chalk Talk, I'm going to be doing a lot of college football Chalk Talk. But then on the other side of Last Chance Q, Sean Salisbury and I are going to do NFL film evaluations and a Sunday morning show with some gambling elements to it. I got a lot a busy schedule headed, man. This show's going to blow up. Big Smitty and his show is going to blow up. And then we got our show that's going to blow up. Plus, Last Chance True's being made. Last Chance Q's coming back. And Chalk Talk. Man, I got, I'm busy, man. Talking about somebody just talked about how busy he was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, we grinding, man. We grinding. Hey, uh, 
Everything you just said, by the way, is what you're supposed to do. Congratulations to uh, doing absolutely nothing more than what's supposed to do. Um, anyway. Um, it's time for our new segment, right, JB? Huh? It's time for our new segment, man. Him versus him, man. I don't know if we call it her versus her, him versus him, because it could be a her versus her segment as well. All the ladies in the chat, I want to make sure you know this ain't a sexist. It could be, uh, it, could be, it could be them versus they too, JB. Them versus they, but I, we're not going to get it. Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> don't die on right, uh, Him versus him and her versus her. This place ain't going uh, that route. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you know what? I'm going to be real. My homeboy Spring, who I grew up with, we yeah. always used to be like, who's them? Who's they? <laughs> and we don't mean it in the way they mean it now. Right, right. We mean it as like, man... The motherfucker said that they did that shit. Uh, you know, like, who the fuck they? Who's them? Like JB, people always be like, that's that, that's what they said. And like, I'm like, hold on, who like who's your source? Like who you Yeah, them and them. <laughs> hey. Cause you ain't never gonna tell the name, man. Hey, that's funny as hell. But no, him versus him, this might be a fire segment. Can you explain what because you made the segment up? So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk it to you. <laughs> Explain what it is real quick so we can hop into it. Basically, it's going to be like a prime him versus a prime him. Basketball, football, baseball, boxing. I don't know. You versus me. Prime JB versus prime Big Smitty. I think you get stiff arm to the ground. You think you tackle me. I mean, there's going to be a debate here. Uh, but basically, um, prime, it's in the primes. And I got, I, I got four combinations i want to discuss today first for the first him versus him brought to you by bluechew.com and betonline.ag use the promo code believe b-l-e-a-v get you 50 percent off plus welcome bonus uh home run derby last night your boy vladimir guerrero got it done mm, I, saw that. Uh, I saw that yeah um by the way why don't any of the black people in baseball speak english because they're not black American. They're black. They're Cuban. They I know, because they ain't no blacks playing baseball. That's what people don't realize. That's why we built a, a whole place in Compton at Compton College. Major League Baseball put in a complete facility to get more inner city youth playing baseball. And I'm going to tell you, I don't think it worked. Mm. And we gotta, we gotta, we gotta. I talked to a couple of baseball players. I'm looking at a motherfucker who's so goddamn black. On last night, and they got an interpreter come over there. That motherfucker got on there like, "Como se llama se tu tu el como?" I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> That's what happens, man. For what? And our culture. What? We need some more baseball fields in the hood. We need more people like us that's representing and, and leading the way and showing them that we can we can play that sport too. But man, the numbers are so low. Um, Richard Jeffrey, don't get your ass beat. I can tell you can be you won't be unsuccessful. That's what I can tell Mr. Jeffrey Jr. I can I can I can tell Senator will be answered. You can't tell shit. <laughs> Who said that? Mr. Jeffrey Jr. I don't know if he's trolling us or what. Cut your beard yeah, off, Richard. He's a troll. It's all good, man. Anyway. Look at, Look at the motherfucker. Hold on, matter of fact, break his ass down. Oh you... my God. Is that him? That's Is him. That's him versus him. Look like a fucking serial killer. <laughs> Cut your fucking hair off. <laughs> 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 I 
motherfucker has six little babies locked up in the fucking basement right now, weirdo ass fuck. All right, lay it all around the fucking floor. Go ahead, go ahead. All right, so <laughs> I, if I break that motherfucker down, it's going bad. It's gonna go crazy today. Cause I'm breaking. I'm, we're coming back to that motherfucker. Hey, I'm breaking, some, somebody say he's a unibomber. <laughs> I'm breaking him down. Oh man! Anyway, by, the way, I, by the way, don't let me break that motherfucker down either. Cause that motherfucker oh, is gonna get fucked. He's gonna get clowned too. That motherfucker bigger than me. <laughs> oh my god! Um, oh yeah, see, looking at the vaccine shit. Vaccine shit. All right, here we go. Him versus him. Here we go. Prime Eli Manning versus Prime Big Ben Roethlisberger. Ooh. Who you got and why? This is tough, but I'm going to go with... Ooh, this is tough. I'm going to go with Prime... Let's break it. Before you say, do you know about their Super Bowls, about their success? What do you like... Well, Eli has two. Eli has two rings. Big Ben, Big Ben has. Does he has two or one? Who? Big Ben. They both got. They both got two rings. Um, from from an overall winning record, though, Big Ben has been more of a consistent winner in the regular season than Eli Man. I think Eli Man, and you correct me if I'm wrong. He might be. He might be like one seventeen to one seventeen. Like like he has like a, a, just an average overall record. He's been clutch in the playoffs multiple times, but because of the inconsistent inconsistency, I gotta go with Prime Big Ben. I just think he was hard to get down. He extended plays. Had, you know, even though he was big in size, he was really good feet in the pocket. Strength, size, consistency has the same amount of rings, toughness, grip. Playing in the AFC North as well with with, with those Ravens every single year with with the Bengals, the Bengals of old with T.J. Usmanzada and Chad. I just gotta go with Big Ben. I think he was consistently, uh, uh, consistently better than Eli Manning overall, and specifically in his prime. So I'm going with Big Ben, JB. See the young, the young Padawan always has to be schooled by the coach and the old guy on the hill. You know what I mean? Like I, I hate to do this to Big Smitty early in the morning like this, but it's a great day to have a great day, as my great panties would say. <laughs> See, I should be a rhymer around this motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Here's the thing: poetry book. Did Big Ben beat the GOAT twice? He did not. Nah, Eli did. Without that feat, without beating the GOAT twice for Super Bowls, where would you have Eli? Nowhere. Nowhere. You wouldn't even have him on the list. You wouldn't even be discussing him. That feat alone is why I put him above Big Ben. Let's go ahead and add the fact that I take Mike Tomlin – over any coach Eli ever had. I would argue you give you give Tomlin to Eli. Eli may have another Super Bowl. I also put in the fact that not only did you beat Tom Brady twice, you beat an undefeated team that was on pace to be the best team ever, beating the 72 Dolphins record. You have to put into account that Eli stopped a lot of things. Big Ben didn't even come close to stopping. So I'm putting Eli Manning in that mix above Ben for the simple fact that he showed that it factor, although Big Ben did as well. And I would argue Big Ben threw the ball a lot more than Eli did on those teams, had a lot more chances to do what he did statistically. Um, If you look, Big Ben has some of the biggest 
attempts, the most attempts in a single season. He's thrown for 700. He has 700 attempts a couple times. Um, Why Eli is that? Close. Eli don't come close to that. I got Eli, uh, prime Eli versus prime Big Ben. Plus, if we're just talking quarterback play, Eli is the much better pure passer, the more accurate passer, throws the better ball. He's more he's more fundamentally sound as an NFL passer. Big Ben is that guy who's that raw. I'm gonna stiff arm you, break a play, ad lib a play. Yeah. He's the slow uh, Patrick Mahomes now. You he's know a what I'm football saying? Football player. That's what I like. Football guy. I love Big Ben as far as football goes, but. If I'm going to have to choose and it's a really, really tight one, I'm taking Eli for the facts of what I just broke down. Um, I'm, not, I'm not mad about that. Shout out to, to Eli, man. You know, I love the whole Manning family, so I'm not mad about that, but I'm going hey, Ethan, we got to get a him versus him logo. Uh, Eric with the wrench, if you can make one. I got a graphic guy now, but we uh, we got to get to that. All right, him versus him. Prime Matt Ryan, prime Philip Rivers. Damn. Damn, JB. I ain't going to hit me with that one because Matt Ryan got an MVP, played in the Super Bowl, should have won it, but had one of the biggest meltdowns as a team in NFL history. Phillip Rivers never made it to the Super Bowl. Consistent, good quarterback for his whole entire career. Toughness, talk shit on the field, grit. Man, I... It's like my heart and my brain has separate thoughts, but when I put my brain to it, I got to go with the MVP. I got to go with, with, with Matt Ryan. My heart wants to say Phillip Rivers because as a football guy, I like Phillip Rivers more, but who's better at their peak? I got to go with the MVP who led his team to a Super Bowl, and that's Matt and that's Matt Ryan. I think he's overall, he was a more skilled, more, uh, you talk about fundamentally sound. You know, Phillip Rivers had that weird, unique release that I know Matt Ryan did not have. Now, you could argue he had Julio Jones, which I understand, but Julio Jones had Matt Ryan, too. We got to make that. We got to make that both sides clear. The fact that he actually made it to the Super Bowl, Phillip Rivers did not, I think is huge. I got to go with Matt Ryan on this one. Uh, I agree. I'm Matt Ryan. I, I believe Matt Ryan holds a few NFL records. I believe Matt Ryan's top 10 in all statistical categories of all time. Nobody really gives him that credit. I think Matt Ryan is very, very underrated. I think Matt Ryan is the epitome of an NFL quarterback with longevity, sustainability, and productivity. Matt Ryan has produced um, in a uh, era where both played very similarly, both got hit. Both were allowed to play. They both played for a pretty long time. I like Phillip Rivers finishing his career strong, who goes to Indianapolis, and we can argue. I mean, he he gave them life. I mean, yep. they, they had a better fucking team than they did recently. Yep, uh, and now he's coaching. Um, I know he was called by the 49ers last year to come help them late in the season. Um, he denied them. Uh, from an inside source, I heard that. Uh, I'm going Matt Ryan, though. I think Matt Ryan was the fastest quarterback to 40,000 yards. I think he was. Uh, I think he holds 10, 10 records that Eli, or I mean, that Rivers just isn't close to. I like Matt R Matt Ryan in this case. Um, I thought he was had a horrible roster around him last year, or he could have been a little bit more helpful. But uh, him versus him, prime Peyton Manning. Prime Drew Brees. 
So anyway, um, <laughs> I can't believe this is even a question right now. The 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 audacity, the 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 the, the disrespect to even put these two together in their in the same category you gotta, you gotta, right you now. Gotta, you gotta, see on this show, you gotta take off like. Your Colts blinders, because I'm gonna ask you so many Indianapolis related. Th- I bet you the Pacers are the best team ever, right? <laughs> nah, I didn't say that. I'm actually, you know, I'm a Lakers fan, man. I told you why, but right now I'm going with Prom Peyton Manning by a long shot. I'm talking about a 14 time Pro Bowler, five t- five time uh, MVP, a two time Super Bowl champion, an All Decade team player. To me, one of the Mount Rushmore best quarterbacks of all time. I love Drew Brees. One of the most efficient passes, if not the most efficient pass of all time, uh, a staple in New Orleans. Beat my coach in the Super Bowl. I was pissed about it in 09. Love Drew Brees. I'm not dissing Drew Brees at all. Amazing as he's a Hall of Famer, but there's levels to this shit. And he's not on the same level as Peyton Mack. Five MB- MVPs, JB. Five? That's Come on now. That's, that's unheard of, man. Prime Peyton Manning all day. Stop playing with me. So you're a stat guy. You listen to stats and you watch stats. And I'm not really a stat guy, but I just want to make sure we're clear here. Yeah. Drew Brees played 287 games. Peyton Manning played 266 games. Um, Drew Brees has 1,020 more completions. He also has about 800 more attempts. He has a higher completion percentage by 2.67 to 65. He has 9,000 more yards passing than Peyton Manning. He has 40 more touchdowns than Peyton Manning. He has less interceptions than Peyton Manning, and he has a longer career pass, 98 yards uh, versus 86 yards. Pass per attempt, they are dead even at 7.7, and then adjusted yards per pass, they're dead even at 7.7. Um, yards per completion, Peyton edges him 11.7 to 11.3 and yards per game. Drew Brees has averages 280. Peyton averages 270 quarterback rating 98.7 for Drew 96.5 for Peyton. They're very, very close. They're very, very close in a lot of categories. Drew Brees played 20 more games. Yes. Thank you. You can argue is probably. Not a thousand completions better. So Drew Brees still was gonna have more completions, more attempts, um, and probably still nine thousand more yards. Peyton wasn't gonna catch nine thousand yards in twenty games. Maybe if you play seventeen games, you're only throwing for five thousand yards. So I don't think he's gonna catch him in any of those statistics. Um now they played each other in a Super Bowl, correct? Yes, they did, JB. Oh, I'm just saying, like, I'm just trying to figure out what happened in that game. The Saints won, JB. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm just asking questions. My bad. I didn't know who won that one. <laughs> yeah, you forgot. You forgot who won that one, JB. I, I didn't know who won that one, dog. I, I'm just trying to figure it out. Can I take, can I, I, I have a hot take here. Say it. And, and, and you ain't even get, you ain't even, you ain't even given your answer yet either, by the way. But I, I know. Um, I think Peyton Manning is one of the most overrated quarterbacks of all time. I think Peyton Manning, I think Peyton Manning is fundamentally as sound as anyone we've seen. I think Peyton Manning struggled to win the big one, just like a Tony Romo, Dak Prescott, 
uh, where his brother Eli, lesser talented guy, wins more. Uh, I thought that Peyton was a fundamentally a sound, smart as we've seen, poised, but he didn't have a great arm. He threw a shitty ball. He couldn't win uh, until late in his career. And he got beat over and over and over by the same guy until he finally got over the hump. I think Peyton Manning is very, very overrated. I'm just going to be honest. And I'm going to tell you like that. I Not only do I think he's overrated, I'm not a Drew Brees guy either. I'm not a Drew Brees guy either. But based on what we just broke down and the head-to-head Super Bowl, I'm taking Drew Brees. You tripping, you tripping, JB. You tripping, JB. I'm just saying, like, nah, for real. You a quarterback guy. Fuck the stats. Forget the stats. When you watch the tape and you watch prime Peyton Manning, you watch prime Drew Brees, your eye test tells you that Drew Brees is a better quarterback than prime Peyton Manning. Come on, JB. You, you know, know I use this a lot. I, lo- I use this test. Drew Brees threw a better ball. Drew Brees had a stronger arm. Drew Brees was more accurate. And he beat him head-to-head in the Super Bowl. Peyton Manning's a 6'5", 250, strapping dude, had, had great pocket presence, had nuts and guts, stayed in the pocket, was smart as hell. Both were very smart. But I look at it, and I'm just like, I, I just, he couldn't win early. Breeze only won one. Thank I'm you. not using that against him. I'm just saying he couldn't win early. His brother, and Bre- Eli. And Breeze had Sean Payton, not to cut you off. He had Sean Payton win the best offensive mind. Imagine if, if, if Payton had Sean Payton his entire career. Come oh, on now. Time out. Time out. Peyton Manning had the best offensive play caller in the history of football, in my opinion. Tom Moore. Tom Moore, bro. People don't want to even talk about what Peyton Manning had. Come on now. You're talking to a real one with a real coaching background. Tom Moore was unfucking believable play caller. And anybody that knows football will tell you that you're sitting there arguing tomatoes versus tomato right now because they both had great, great, great equal callers and play callers. So, I'm not going to use that. I think Sean Payton has struggled in big games as well. Um, just as Drew Brees has, Peyton Manning struggled his whole life to beat Tom Brady and win a big game. Finally got it done win. Finally got it done. That's all that matters, though. He finally got uh, it done. I'm just saying I think he's overrated. And uh, that's, that's the GOAT. That's the GOAT. You got to imagine, imagine Drew Brees. Imagine you got to play against the GOAT every fucking year. Like, yeah, you're going to lose. I mean, you gonna it's, it's Tom Brady. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, But the fact that he got over the hump, and finally won that Super Bowl in Indianapolis, JB. I'm telling you, man, that shit holds more weight than what you think. That changed the entire culture of a. But city. you lost to the guy. You lost to the guy head to head. It has to hold water in your boat. No, it hold, it's a bottle of water. It's like a fucking. It's like a half of one of these in the boat. It's not about to drown the whole entire ship, though, JB. Like, what about everything else that the man, that man, Pay Manny broke the single season touchdown passing record through like what was it, fifty some plus touchdowns in one single season? Left Indy, went to the Broncos, but went crazy that year. Went to, like I, I don't know, man. Listen, I love Drew Brees. I hear you, but the eye test, man, is crazy. Like even you were listening to all these numbers, and I love it. But it's the same thing with basketball when we talk about LeBron and Kobe. LeBron's gonna beat Kobe and damn near every single number. But when, what, what does your eyes tell you though? And you feel me on this one? What did your no, eyes tell you? I, I said my my eyes tell me because I know Peyton's arm strength was not good. If you watch his clips. He threw a fluttered, shitty ball. You could ask any receiver that ever played for him. He threw a hard ball to catch. 
For a 6'5", 240-pound guy, that ball should be coming out crisp as clear as hell from a guy that was so fundamentally sound like Peyton Manning, and, and he's like the epitome of a quarterback in the pocket. He's what you want. On his toes, up in the pocket, stand tall. You should be able to have the ball tight to his chest. The ball keep never going, got out going. here. He's as fundamentally as sound as you can be. He's big fundamental in football. He's Tim Duncan. The issue is he lost to this guy who has more stats and better stats. And through through the optics, he's he looked better to me, Drew Brees. You know, well, so, I guess Eli Manning's better than Tom Brady then, too. He beat him twice in the Super Bowl and stopped his independent season. So I, I but someone has seven to two. That's the issue. See? But it don't matter. Uh, head to head, though, I beat you. So it's kind of, you know, it don't matter. So I, I mean, but yeah, but you're talking a guy about a guy who has two to one, not seven to two. Um <laughs> All right, him versus him. Here we go, the last one, dog. Prime Tom Brady, prime Joe Montana. Damn. Damn. Prime Tom Brady, prime. This is tough. See, Kim says Joe Montana. I mean, he's not, he ain't necessarily wrong because he, because you saying prime, we're not somehow over, we just saying prime. They're at their best. Montana, his best. Brady at his at his best. I'm gonna still go with Brady, man. And part of it, it might be just my, you know, my generation. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, I grew up more with Brady than I did with Montana. Only thing I, I have to watch old films of Montana. So I, I am admitting that I'm probably a little bit more biased, obviously, growing up with Brady. But I just seeing Brady, man, especially as a coach fan, he brought fear into my eyes every single time we had to play them. I wasn't scared of the Patriots. I'm scared of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, of course. But Tom Brady, man, just the game was never over. I don't care. We were up by 21 points until that clock struck zero. I'm like, man, this man Brady, he might, he might find, he will find a way. So I just, man, like when I think about the way I felt this every year in, year out, I got to go with Tom Brady. But it's close as hell. Joe Montana, I mean, this guy, I mean, he. Phenomenal. I, I do think Joe Montana is more skilled. I think I think that's fair to say more skilled than Tom Brady. So, you know, that's why if Steve Kim, he picks Montana, I'm not mad about that. But just the feeling that Brady brought to you as a coach fan, I got to go with Brady. Brady was Brady has a better arm. Um, I think Brady threw a better ball. Montana was more accurate and I think had bigger nuts. Mm. Um. Never lost in a Super Bowl and never throw an interception in a Super Bowl. Um, I don't know if you can ever even equate that in your mind, how unbelievable that is, number one. Know that. You played in a much tougher era in a tougher division. Tom Brady, in my opinion, benefited from being in the worst football division in the history of the NFL for 18 years. The mm-hmm. AFC East, at the time of Tom Brady, reigned supreme was the worst football conference. And this is coming from not only myself, but anybody that knows football, even Ray Lewis and Eddie George, who I've smoked cigars with and had this conversation. Tom Brady isn't who he is if he played in the AFC North, AFC South, NFC West, NFC South during the same 18 years. Let's just be honest. Because if anyone knows football, what you have to go through during the regular season Puts you in a seeding position in the in the playoffs, correct? Yep, correct. 
They would not have hosted as many games like the Raider Tuckgate game in New England in the snow where you could have been out west in 75-degree weather probably getting blown out. But we don't want to say if if was our fifth, we'd all be loaded. We all know aunties had balls. They'd be uncles. We get it. Here's the issue I have. Um, it's the LeBron versus Jordan debate. It's the... Undefeated 6-0 Jordan versus the guy that's been to 10 who's lost six. It's the same thing, in my opinion, with, with this situation. Montana never lost. He not only never lost, he never threw a pick. He came back from being down in games like in the versus Cincinnati Bengals in 80, in 81 and came back and won that game. He came back in 84, 88. I mean, it's just like he's done things in Super Bowls that – I don't think Tom Brady's ever done. I think if you if you want to compare coaches, I think it's a wash. I think Bill Walsh versus Bill Belichick, the two Bills, uh, are a wash. Right. Um, I believe Montana had better receivers by far, of course. By far. But. <laughs> by but, far. <laughs> but. There's always a but. The year that Tom Brady lost to Eli Manning was eight. They were 18 and 0 and they had Randy Moss. I don't believe Tom, Joe Montana had at Randy Moss. So we can use that and cross that off the board as well. So you know as well as I know. Oh, I'm just they, dropping bombs on you. I'm just did dropping, Montana have Jerry Rice, the GOAT, or am I tripping? That's, some people think he is. I'm just telling you. The GOAT. Okay, I'm making sure. Yeah, right. I'm just telling you, though. <laughs> uh, Randy Moss probably isn't chopped liver. Oh, no, he's, he's probably number two or three. However way you want to, if you want to slice it, it goes Jerry, and then it goes either T.O., uh, 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 how you want to do it, you know what I mean? Two, three, three, two, but he ain't Jerry. We can also yeah. argue that Tom Brady, not only did he lose Super Bowls, he probably should have lost two other Super Bowls. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I get it. Let's be honest. He should have never won the Rams Super Bowl. He should have never won the Falcons Super Bowl, and we can argue about other Super Bowls. So, like... I don't know. I don't but, know. But 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 like, like coming from behind to win Super Bowls, I I don't think you ever had that question that Frisco wasn't going to win. That is a huge thing in a coach's mind. So like, but we are in a results oriented business, and at the end of the day, like you said, if if it was a fifth, we all be drunk. He didn't lose those Super Bowls, and I know you made the comparison to LeBron Jordan, and I understand it. The only issue is LeBron only got four rings though. You know what I mean? The thing about Brady, Brady got seven, so he's he got passed. So it, it would be like if Le, if LeBron won seven out out of his ten, be a different conversation right now. So that's the and, difference. And, and, and Montana didn't have Rice his entire career, by the way. Nah, but he had him for yeah, more Rice, than one year. Steve Young later too. He had him for more than one year. Though's all I'm saying. I'm saying like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Brady had most for what a year and a half, I think, and he left. So it's like yeah. I mean, there's him, so many yeah. variables and so many cross. You know, we could cross-coach this thing and compare Belichick and their defense compared to the Niners and their defenses at that time and who they played in Super Bowls versus who they played. We could do all that, plus the era, how you could hit the quarterback, how you couldn't, uh, the whole tuck gate rule. Uh, that would have been a fumble in Montana's era. We know for a fact that game would have been over. Uh, Montana, I mean, Brady doesn't even get to a Super Bowl. I mean, there's all kind of factors in this thing, uh, but I'm going to roll with Joe Montana. Um, hey man, I'm not mad about that, Mike. I'm not mad about that. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, I'm going with Joe Montana. Um, 
I like that right. statement. So that's our him versus him. I, I just want to introduce that because we'll have a her versus her. We'll have a him versus him. We'll have those segments all the time. We might have a him versus her. We might have a, you know, uh, the greatest woman versus great. Who knows what we might do, man? It might be fun on on this show, man. So, but we got to go. You can't do him versus her. I can't have that on this show. <laughs> we got to go to our next segment, our famous WPS, BPS, white people shit, black people shit. And we got a lot of videos right here for you. Ethan, can you pull up this, this uh, what's it called? Parkour, parkour with this guy jumping off a damn building down Play it one more time. It was kind of jumpy on my end. Here we go. Backflips, falls off the building. L- look at that. Literally no rope. If that if that ain't some white people shit, JB, I don't know what it is. This this your, this your people. That cat black, homie. No, he's not, man. That cat is a light skinned brother. You didn't know that? You always trying to call. He's a big time skater, homie. He's black. My boys just sent me the thing. He's black. I don't care how good of a liar you are, JB. That is a white man. <laughs> hey, you a good ass liar though. You you do this shit with your tone where you make people believe. My boy just said that just a few minutes. Trust me, he's about, you could be a fucking lawyer, JB. I can't I can't trust you now. I can't trust uh, you. I'd be lie detector test. Um, man. <laughs> we got now we got to bounce it up. Now this is fun. crazy to me, dog. I I I, I wish. I wish, and I hate to see death on people, oh, but when shit. you inflict it on yourself, I wish his hands were sweaty and he slipped off that motherfucker. I wish he slipped off and everybody got to see this dumb fuck die because he's doing white people shit. I don't want to see you die, but I'm not going to be mad if you do dumb shit and die. Let's be clear. Right. Go ahead. Do dumb shit, get dumb results, man. Next up. We got this crazy stage dive, and I'm really not mad at the person who jumped off the stage. I'm mad at the crowd for what they did not do. Hey, Watch that's too high. Hey, 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 Crowd going wild, taking a jump. Here we go, here we go. Holy shit. They moved out the way, JB. They moved out the fucking way. Now I can't. I, I'm not mad at the guy for jumping on. I'm mad at the at the people in the crowd who were che- cheering them on to jump, and then they fucking move out the way. It's a crowd dive. You supposed to catch them and hold them up and, and do it like. What? Hey, hold up, Ethan. Keep it right here. Let me show. So I see one guy going like this. Don't do it. Watch. Watch this guy in the crowd right here. Let me see. Let me see. Watch this guy in the crowd right here saying, "Don't do it." Watch. She's shaking her head. Oh. He's saying, all right, time out. We're right there, first of all. First of all, what is everybody else doing? Got their phones out. Come on, man. We live in a film me session. Like when you see fucking old ladies getting beat, you're not seeing nobody help them. Why would somebody help the diver off the stage? They want to film it. So you're telling me that I'm going to catch you like this? <laughs> Come on, man. See, guess what? That is white people's shit. Your ass is dumb. I wish you would have broke your neck. That's what I wish. Period. That's what I'm at. You're an idiot. You deserve to break your fucking neck so everybody else will stop doing it. Period. Point play, period. That's simple, man. Well, listen, I got to bounce it out. I got some black people shit right here. And this is actually kind of funny. More of a cute video. Watch this out. Check this baby out, JB. You're Ethiopian. You're African. You're black. Okay. 
Why do you want to be Mexican? Because you eat quesadillas? Yeah. That's why you want to be that's why you want to be Mexican. So you, so you don't want to be from Africa anymore? No. Why not? Because I want to be Mexican. Where do you get this from? Why do you what make you want to be Mexican? You can't just be Mexican just because you eat quesadillas. It's because Nagasi's Mexican. Nagasi's Ethiopian too. He's half Mexican, but he's Ethiopian too. Because your parents are not Mexican. His mom is Mexican. I'm not Mexican. Your dad is not Mexican. But I'm Mexican too. How are you going to be Mexican if none of your parents is Mexican? I'm not Mexican. Okay, you got to calm down. <laughs> I just thought that was funny, Jamie. I'm sorry. I saw that video online. This little baby said, I, I want to be Mexican because I eat quesadillas. I don't know what yeah, to call that. I don't think it's funny because that's what I think is happening right now in real life. I think we're telling little boys they're girls. Oh, shit. You went a whole nother angle. I wasn't ready for that, JB. I think we're telling girls they're boys. I think the same shit's happening right there. And then he was about to lose his shit and tell the mama that he's Mexican and she about to take it. Mm. That's the fucking problem. That motherfucker trying to get out of his chair to tell the mama he's Mexican. He was. He was. You going a whole nother angle, man. We, I we, mean, cause, cause you either allow it or you coach it. We wonder why we're so fucked up. We tell, we telling them they theirs. We telling him they hers. We telling hers they him. I, mean, I would have told that kid, shut the fuck up. You black, and you and you actually aren't from Africa either. Contrary to your belief, motherfucker, you from Watts. You ain't never even been to Africa. Shut the fuck up. Well, his parents was Ethiopian, I think specifically. No, they so lie, I think they lying. They stop. lying. Stop. stop! I can't wait to bring on every. I dog, I'm gonna bring so many motherfucking hood cats on this show that we have this debate with every time I'm with them. I'm telling you right now, I'm lining up next week all my hood homies. Let's and do it. Come on here, and I can't wait for you and them to debate the whole African versus black thing. It's gonna be fire. Bring I the full hood. I want the hood on the show. Every brother I've ever known, I've had this discussion. I want to get Chris's take. I want to get everybody's take on this shit. Ain't nothing. Hey, you been to Africa? I have not been to Africa. Hey, no, you haven't. I don't even gotta ask your ass. But my, you hold on, hold on. My business, my business partner, my business partner, and, and his family is Nigerian, first generation Nigerian. People's daddy go to Nigeria all the fucking time. He from the village. He's Nigerian. No that's shit. Okay, I'm saying that's Africa. So what's no, the argument? Okay. He's Nigerian. Ain't none of my homies Nigerian. They're from Watts, Compton, L.A. This motherfucker's got no African ties. Stop with the bullshit history. Baby, stop, you baby. 100. We don't know our history because we know what went down, but we went all the way back. We wasn't just fucking born in Watts, motherfucker. We wasn't just born in, 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 in the U.S., J.B., you know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then we got one more white people shit video, Ethan, whatever it is, put it on the screen. I don't know what it is no more. They put it on the screen. They're standing under the tree, the direction it's going to fall. The only thing that'll save them is that tree next to it because it's going to fall into it. And there it goes. Why, Holy why shit, do you run in, in the same direction that the tree was about to fall at? What the hell? I mean, it can't get wider than this. This is the widest of whites, maybe. And by the way, that can't be a Mexican. 
Because he would know which way the fucking tree was falling. They are good with their hands, man. I will say that. D. Jones, yeah, he's dead as fuck. Lawns, landscape. Let us keep it real. So. <laughs> you a crazy, JV. You a crazy motherfucker, bro. Hey, I mean, I got so many Mexican homies. They all know the real. I can say whatever I want. See, that's the cold part about me. I'm a chameleon, and ain't nobody ever going to fucking question the thing. You can question it, but I'm just going to keep it real. Here's the thing. A white motherfucker is the only one that would know not where, where that fucking tree's breaking at. And if I'm cutting it, I'm just trying to be common sense smart here, which we clearly don't have anymore. If I'm cutting this motherfucker, and it's, it's, it's not just dropping straight back on me that fast. Right. I get time to see this motherfucker which way it's going, right? Right. You can, you can look at no, it, kind of backpedal. I'm cutting it, and I'm going to watch this motherfucker right there. And whatever it will, I'm just going to do like this. I'm not running nowhere. What you going to do, JB? How you going to do it? <laughs> well, I'm saying, I mean, it's going to fall. It's not going to just fall on me. JB, <laughs> <laughs> one more time. What you going to do with the tree? <laughs> like, I'm just going to be like, bam, and then just, bam, and then just watch the motherfucker fall. This motherfucker think he got the wiggle. He think he buried Sanders with the tree. Motherfucker I'm just saying, I'm just going to sidestep it and just go the other way. It's going to fall one way or the other, right? Right, right. Now, that's real. <laughs> that's hilarious, man. That's hilarious. Now, I feel you, though. Hey, it take a, a tree take a, take a long time to fall. So, yeah, I, I don't know why. Bro just went out full-blown sprint like he was lining up a fucking firework on 4th of July. He just sprinted full speed. Um, So, I don't know what he was thinking. Bob and Weed, you right, Coach Davis. You right. JB, I'm trying to scroll real quick. Do you remember the name of that serial killer? Because I want to end the show breaking this motherfucker down if possible. But I don't know where. I'm trying to see if I can scroll. Anybody remember the name of the serial killer that we had in here earlier with the big ass beard? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the serial killer we had in here earlier is this guy. Hey, he was working for a little while. He was, he was, they said he was Iron Man. He was floating in the air. It was working for about five seconds until it wasn't. And we saw what happened right there, man. Like, is that real? Is that real? You can lift yourself up like that? Go try it, JB. I, I, I mean, go to your local uh, car wash and just try it out and see what happens. And you try it and, 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 and let me see a video of it. Cause I still haven't seen you at Del Taco. I haven't seen you at, at fucking Wiener Stitzel. It's, it's, it's really like slapping the whole community's face here. Man, listen, I'm going to go to Del Taco before I go to Wiener Schnitzel. I got to be in the mood to eat, to, to eat a glizzy, to eat a hot dog. So hey, I love tacos, though. Down, though. We got to give away something today uh, for all oh, the loyal yeah. fan base. I appreciate all you guys. We got the discords growing. I've had to block a lot of slapdicks because there's a lot of guys. Hey, I'm going to give you a little disclaimer for the discord. If you come into the discord where everyone's kind of friendly, topping it up, sharing things, we use some of the shit from from all you great great people on the discord for the show. And if two grown men are going to come on the discord and argue and bitch and moan, I'm blocking you both. Like, do you realize that you sound like two bitches and I don't want to hear you bitch in the discord when I got to hear you all fucking day already on the chat and I got to see every single bitch made motherfucker on Twitter. Can you come to the Discord as a release valve and chill the fuck out? I don't need to hear two grown men arguing in a Discord. I'm blocking you. I'm just letting you know. But to all you real ones, appreciate all you guys all the time. Uh, somebody, some dude called me, uh, said I look good. Don't be doing that. I ain't listening. I ain't with all that shit now. Oh, yeah. 
to each his own. Don't be in the don't be in the chat talking about I'm cute and all that shit. Like I'm just be real with you. I do you do do what you do in your world. I'm a I'm a I like a, I like women and I got a woman. So that motherfucker like. said he wanted to kiss you. I think there's some some weird energy in there, bro. I'm, I I told I said chill. I told bro to chill. I know if it was a, a weird joke, but make sure Discord. If y'all see that shit, y'all handle that. <laughs> uh, I got I got on this day in sports history we were supposed to do with fucking Steve Kim and give I away found this motherfucker too. But but continue continue. Um. <laughs> All right, let me let me let me the first caller. All right, the first caller will get will get a uh, will get a free hoodie today. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I'm gonna put it in the chat. Um, there's the link to the chat right there. The first caller, Chris, call in, Chris, because you could probably get this question right right now. Um, Chris, she ain't gonna call. Chris, Chris, be scared to call in the morning. Hey, we got it on this day in sports history. Um. That I don't want to give it away too early. I want to see if somebody calls in who ain't scared. Um, we scared. We got in the show. We're right at three hours right now. We're, we're three hours show, dog. Um, on this day in sports history, dog, there was somebody's. Uh... Oh shit! Broke ass fucking Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> hey Eddie, you really think you're gonna take Tony Romo over who? He was the best ball spinner, spinner over uh, Eli. Over Eli, I got him over Eli. Couldn't get y'all motherfuckers <laughs> to the NFC Championship. You tripping? <laughs> you said it. Yeah. Hey Eddie, here we go, Eddie. Nineteen fourteen, Eddie. Right around when you your phone was made. Nineteen fourteen, <laughs> Major League Baseball debut of who? Dog, it's easy. Get you can guess this, dog. Right? Babe, Babe Ruth. There you go. See, fucking easy. I told Lucy I'd give away some free shit one day. We finally got one. Babe Ruth, man. George, Babe Ruth, George Herman, Babe Ruth, one of the world's most well-known baseball players, started his major league career. If some, if you get this question right, it's a second part of it, Eddie. I'll give away another hoodie to someone else. Get some football questions or basketball. Come on. No, 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 no. It's the same question. You got the guy right already, Babe Ruth. What team did he start with? The Brooklyn, uh, damn, Dodgers? No, the Boston Red Sox. Fuck. <laughs> he started with a B. He was almost there. Um, Good shit, though. Get a basketball question. Let me get a basketball question. Yeah. Maybe next time, motherfucker. I'm not giving you too much. <laughs> <laughs> that razor you got. You ain't uh, running this thing. <laughs> hey, he got it, though. Red Sox. Got, uh, we got to send Eddie. Eddie, drop your email to thecoachabshow at gmail.com. Send us your address. Uh, we may already have it because you may have gotten something before. Uh, Eddie been around for a long time on the show. Been a, a loyalist, uh, even though he's got Boost Mobile and loves his fucking cowgirls. Blows my mind. Uh, and he ain't going to Oxnard, though. He's scared. He ain't going to Oxnard. Ain't no point of going. It's going to be the same thing. It'll be a 10 and 7 season or 11 and 6 season. They're going to lose in the divisional round. Dak's going to throw picks, and that's what's going to happen. It's going to be the same old Cowboys. Cooper Rush will be starting before we know it. Shout out to Cooper Rush, man. Hashtag Max. He's a good dude. I strip sacked you my junior year. We won the game, man. Shout out to you, Cooper Rush, Michigan guy. Uh, well, from Michigan. 
Um, played at Central Michigan. Come on, man. Shout out to Cooper. Imagine Nick Saban building the fucking house about the builder. Bob the builder. No, Bob the Builder is my boy. That, that's that's what I called him. Oh, his name Bob the Builder. His name Bob the Builder on the show. Stop fucking around. No, I'm not lying. How many Bob? How you didn't know that was Bob the Builder, dog? Man, I did. I for, listen. I forgot. I didn't know his name. I was just playing around, just saying Bob the Builder. I, was, I, I didn't even know that was fucking with. You. Oh no, Bob the Builder. So I turned this to a turf field later on. Mm. So the owner of Netflix donated to it. Yeah, totally a setup for true. Last year, it kind of like real movie scene. I never asked for anything. Real vibe. I got the boy. You, you got we the did. light in the back with Coach JB showing the left. Center, watch this. I don't know who that is. Fan. I have no idea. You going off on somebody. You going off on somebody, JV. I don't know who that old motherfucker was, but he looked like he was dead. I, I think it was him right here. I think he was on the field. Watch, I think he was on the field watching the game. <laughs> so this guy gives me an old community member, Jeremiah Maxwell vibes. Jeremiah is an Alaskan Ooh. former military uh good dude hockey guy this guy gives me kind of that vibe like he's like alaskan backwood somebody um somebody um he just said right now jb don't even acknowledge netflix got him here (laughs) so let me see him pull him up again let me see who he is there you go i think he is an absolute troll he is an absolute he he got turned down by every major pretty female ever and he has been on a rampage to get everybody back in his life that has absolutely fucked him over a rampage so i think he might be brad richardson he does remind me of brad richardson brad richardson was a guy on the show who who took our former co-host uh, Sarah's side because he was a found out to be a weirdo pedophile who was in her DM sending dick pics, but nobody wanted to talk about that. So I called him out and said, you're a weirdo fuck. Cause I seen some of the DMS you sent to the lady. And then he ended up being on her side over my side. I blocked his bitch ass. And this guy right here, I think probably is that guy. Mm, he is putting unblocked Brad Richardson in there multiple times. So it's either him or it's his cousin, his nephew. Is he's had some type of relationship to the truth, dog. The truth hurts, and now, motherfucker, now this motherfucker. I bet you this motherfucker goes away on his own because his truth just set him free. I bet you I don't even have to block this weirdo fuck. I bet you he comes out and disappears because he's a weirdo Jeffrey Epstein motherfucking weirdo ass troll. And his ass thinks he has a volleyball on a beach, some motherfucking place, looking like Castaway around this motherfucker. Samson, wait! You ain't no ex-military motherfucker. I used to fuck motherfuckers like you in the pen, homeboy. Shut your bitch ass up. You ain't no fucking military nothing, motherfucker. You and Brad Richardson jack each other off on each other's beards, motherfucker. Shut your soft ass up. You couldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight, homeboy. Shut your bitch ass up. Anyway. And that's how we going to end the show, man. Hey, make sure you hit that like button. Make By the sure way, you hand his ass. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh... Amazing show, man. It's a great day. Have a great day, man. Talk that talk Tuesday. Make sure every where you walk today, you talk that talk. 
you walk that walk make sure you subscribe to the audio podcast subscribe on here we're gonna keep growing we're gonna be in the discord last chance true is dropping in the next next few weeks next couple months and we got a very 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 special guest coming on this thursday make sure you follow jb to hey, every day, day find who it is i'm dropping it today so yesterday I, i've been talking to these people it was down to bobby bruce emmett gooden and malik henry now it's down between bobby bruce and malik henry Ooh. We're going to drop it today, y'all. Drop it today. And make sure y'all support the brand, man. Live for today clothing brand, man. LFTclothingbrand.com. Use JB Show 15 for a discount. Shout out to Chris. He already bought some merch. I'm waiting for my guy, Brunner, Master Wu, to do the same. And we're going to be back tomorrow, y'all, with a, with a bigger and better show, man. Keep on growing this thing together. And let's keep building this thing, JB. Hey, no doubt. Uh, much love to everybody. And uh, we will see you tomorrow. I got a daily rant later on today, though. Don't trip. I will see you later on, and I'll see you tomorrow morning for Work Boot Wednesday. As uh, I think, Smitty, you and I are just going to go at it all day. I hope you're ready for that. I hope you're ready for that. Work Boot Wednesday. Bring your teams and bring your hard hat because I'm coming for you. Pause. Peace.